It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on This is the perfect day to die Wipe the blood out of our eyes In this life there's no surrender And there's nothing left for us to do Find the strength to see this through Hello, folks, and thank you once again for coming to Bard's Logic, political talk, part of the growing conservative conversation, and also part of the Patriot Journalist Network. And you can find the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. But tonight we're going to have an exciting show with our guest, Christina Tobin, who is a is the founder of Free and Equal, it is an organization that is looking to spread out the access to different parties and candidates. And we will have her on to the show uh, this evening. Uh, she knows Jill Stein and has had uh, many interactions with her. And so she will be uh, calling in to tell us about uh, her experiences with Jill lately, uh, this election cycle. And as I stated, she's uh, worked with her before. So looking forward to have uh, that conversation uh, again. We uh, are going to have her on. And I see there's some folks in. So if you'd like to chime in on tonight's topic, just push the one on your number dial, and uh, we will get you in. And, of course, if you're a listener to the show regularly, uh, you will know that, you know, I am, uh, at least at this point, even while conservative, a registered Green Party member. Uh, and so, uh, you know what, now I'm speaking about, I know there's some other audios I want to get for tonight, uh, but frankly, to be honest, it, it slipped my mind to, to get those. I do have one we're going to play later. And that is where Jill Stein was actually saying Hillary Clinton would be more apt to start a World War III. I, I really wish I had that audio. I'm kicking myself in the backside now because I really want to play that tonight. Uh but now you know, we have it where she is calling for recounts and only states that, you know, was won by Hillary Clinton. And so I find that interesting. Uh, we do have uh, some other possible motivations uh, other than what she stated. Now, I don't have any of her uh, Jill Stein's comments because, uh, frankly, I would like to get her onto the show. I've reached out to some folks about uh, possibly getting her on. Perhaps we'll have uh, Jill herself on next week. Uh, but tonight we'll have uh, Christina on. Uh, we don't uh, see her in the line. I'll be contacting her shortly uh, while I'm doing another audio clip if we don't hear from her soon. But as, as I was stating, you all well know that, you know, for a large part, I am the supporter of the Green Party, and I've got uh, spoke to uh, Joe DeMare tonight, well, text rather. Uh, he would have liked to come on the show, but was unable to tonight. Now, he was running for Senate uh, for the Green Party uh, this year, 
U.S. Senate, and we've had him on the show as well. Uh, he would like to make comments tonight, but uh, he's got an uh, appointment uh, tomorrow, which made him unable to make it. And so uh, we'll uh, maybe get uh, someone else from the Green Party on to discuss that. You know, I've got others, uh, because I'm hearing some are supportive, or at least uh, according to Joe, uh, most are supportive of what uh, Jill is doing. But then I hear on other, uh, the other side there are many who are upset uh, with what Jill is doing. And uh, I, for one, am kind of surprised, to be honest, uh, just for the very fact that it seemed like she was very, <laughs> it's not very, but at least anti-Hillary Clinton, uh, with some of the things that she's you know said about her, and also, you know, you know, she talked about the emails, things of that nature, and you know, I'd like to have a montage tonight of audio clips, but anyway, I didn't get to that, but uh, perhaps at some point we will if this uh, discussion continues on uh, for the next you know weeks, if this topic continues on for the next weeks, and how fast uh, you know political conversations can go as things develop. Uh, one of the other things I want to talk about tonight is. Uh, this will be later on in the show. I do want to talk about the possibility of Mitt Romney uh, being the Secretary of State. No one, no one that I know of uh, is support is supporting him uh, to be the Secretary of State. You know, I've got some who said, ah, don't worry about it. You know, there's no chance. There's a 99.99% uh, that, you know, he's not going to get uh, the spot. I would hope not. I would say, this is what I would say to Donald Trump if I was sitting across from him about Mitt Romney. Uh, one is, uh, you know, our panelist Cindy pointed out, we didn't want him in two, the conservatives, at least the base of the party, didn't want him in 2012, certainly don't want him in uh, as the Secretary of State. But I'd say if you pick Romney, this is what I would say to him, if you would pick Romney as the Secretary of State, you're making the same mistake, at least in this instance, as Obama did. Because as we know, Obama picked Hillary Clinton to be his Secretary of State you know, to bring the Democrat Party together uh, after their bitter election. And we see how that ended up turning out in the long run, not only for Hillary Clinton and the Barack Obama, but also for the Democrat Party. And so that didn't really uh, pan out too well for them. So why would, you know, why would Trump want to start off his administration mimicking a mistake that Barack Obama made by, having the failed presidential candidate, and Romney was, as you recall, 2012, the failed presidential candidate, uh, to be your secretary of state. I, I, I don't, you know, why would you want to start your administration off making the same mistakes as your predecessor has? And so I definitely want to have that as part of uh, the discussion tonight. And so, We'll uh, have part of that as well. Now, another thing is that you probably heard is that Trump is on his Thank You America tour uh, that I believe starts tomorrow in uh, my very own city of Cincinnati, Ohio. I find it interesting as well as an honor that Trump, I believe it's, it's the first one he's going to go to, uh, that Trump picked Cincinnati uh, to uh, start off his Thank You tour. And so I'm uh, planning on, I got the tickets uh, to attend. Uh, I may get there late, depending on what time I could get out of work uh, to go, but I do plan on doing that. So expect uh, to hear some uh, man in the street uh, interviews that I'm going to do with some of the folks there. Uh, one of the questions, of course, I'm going to ask him about the election. 
And I'll be also asking about the recount as well as unless we get some kind of a report tomorrow, as well as what their thoughts are on a Mitt Romney secretary of state. As I stated, I don't know anyone. Now, I know some people say, oh, well, trust, you know, trust Trump, trust Trump. But I think we need to keep a watchful eye on all of our representatives, uh, including Donald Trump. Uh, but anyway, but besides those folks who are like, trust them, uh, I don't know anyone who would, who would like to see uh, him as the secretary of state. Uh, maybe he would have been better as an uh, <laughs> uh, ambassador to the U.N., uh, like Nikki Haley. Uh, but I think that was just to uh, kind of get rid of her and show the U.N., what his true thoughts about them are. And so I think that's a, a big part of that. And so we will get uh, our guest in at, you know, some point hopefully soon, and that may be uh, very well her on the line. So what I'm going to do while, while I check in uh, to that, and I do see uh, Kelly, uh, you want to chime in. I was going to play the audio clip, but we'll go ahead and uh, get you on, Kelly, and uh, others who would like to chime in, just push the one on your number dial, and we will get you into the show. But let's go ahead before we uh, play that audio clip that I've got that I believe uh, Christina uh, showed me or, or gave me or you know kind of directed me to uh, that we're going to uh, play tonight. And that's from uh, one of our independent uh, news uh, places that, you know, coming up. We're getting more popular, definitely. Uh, so we'll be playing from uh, that audio. It's only about five minutes, uh, but it's, you know, kind of an interesting take on that. And so let's go ahead and bring in Kelly. Thank you very much, Kelly, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Hey, I'm doing okay. Um yeah, I like I, I like I like Mitt Romney for uh Secretary of State. Not <laughs> it was a Wayne's world thing. Um did, did uh, you yeah, think I, that he's running I said I have somebody said they're definitely not going to probably not gonna happen, but you know, what are your thoughts? Um, I'm hearing that it's very likely to happen. And he's getting pressure from people. Maybe he'll, you know, I, I'm just scratching my head over that one. So, uh, recount, yeah, Wisconsin, there's around half the counties have touchscreen devices. So what is this going to accomplish? How do you do a recount? Uh, and you touch the screen again? That doesn't make sense. So it's going to be an interesting thing. Um, it is possible, I just thought I'd tell folks, it is possible that Hillary Clinton could still end up being our president. That is, um, if, really? yeah, um, it, it's kind of a unique situation. Um, but let's see here. If tell us how you think that's going to happen. Well, yeah, I'll explain. If Wisconsin and another state are in recount mode when the uh, Electoral College meets on the 19th, well, the delegates from Wisconsin and another state don't count. And, of course, they're for Trump. Well, what does that mean? That means Trump could be below 270. Oh, what does that mean? It's not a clear winner, so it goes to the House of Representatives. But people are like, oh, well, mm -hmm. hey, you know, the Republicans are going to vote for Trump anyway. Are they really... They kind of don't like it. Yeah, that's good. And and so the justifying argument, if they did vote for Hillary, was, well, um, she did she did have the popular vote. Um, Congress has, you know, we had James Manship on the show a month or so ago, and he talked about how the uh, president was actually 
picked by Congress a couple times, or was it three times? So it has happened when there's not a clear enough plurality that Congress picks the president. Right. Um, so this could happen here with a twist where instead of the, one with the most electoral votes, they go with uh, Hillary because she won the popular vote. So theoretically it's possible, but mm, of course I don't want Hillary for president. Yeah, that, that's, that would be awful. And I just got harried in the chat. Uh, you know, she thinks it's going to be likely for Rudy to be the Secretary of State. I mean, that would be great. You know, I'd hate to see uh, how many count. What, Trump won by how many counties? I think he won by what three three thousand plus counties. In you mean in Wisconsin? No, how many counties in the United States that he uh, win? But um, I do think I do see uh, we have a the. The Skype caller, and I'm going to go ahead and see if, you know, I keep going, uh, Kelly. And I believe we've got a Skype caller, so I believe that may be our guest tonight. Uh, so let me do some behind-the-scenes uh, work here, and uh, you go ahead. Okay, I guess I'll just uh, fill up some airspace here. Um, there's 3,141 counties in the country, 2,141. I have no idea how many Trump won, but it's – well, he got off a lot of the Midwest, of course, but the population centers, uh, it's interesting when you ever see the red-blue map of presidential campaigns. The rural areas pretty much go red. Uh, real, for quick, real quick, Kelly, like we, do, we do have our guest, Christina Tobin, on. Uh, we do have her on the line, so she has about okay. a half hour uh, for us, so let's go ahead and get her in uh, to the show. So let's welcome uh, Christina Tobin, founder of Free and Equal. Thank you very much for coming to the show. How are you tonight? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. Well, it's great to have you back on uh, to the show. So let's go ahead and, and get right to it uh, because, uh, you know, so we've got uh, limited time with this, so we want to squeeze in uh, as much as we can. And so first let's go ahead and just uh, go straight into about what your experience is, uh, both with Jill Stein with us recount, what your thoughts are on that, as well as, you know, how she did not participate in the free and equals uh, third-party debate. Well, I'd love to just give a brief um, background on those who may not be familiar with free and equal elections I found in 2008. And you can even go on the website now, freeandequal, andequal.org. And uh, I, uh, this cycle, um, well, many may know in 2012, really Jill Stein got the most amount of exposure during her entire campaign in 2012 versus everything else combined when she participated in our truly open presidential debate moderated by broadcast legend Larry King and myself. And so, you know, this cycle of Jill Stein has changed, you know, it's just a prime example, you know, someone that me being a big supporter in free and equal elections and also considering her a friend, um, what I saw was as her campaign grew and her campaign manager, David Cobb, just not being a good person and, Various people, not all, but various people in the National Green Party, just creating this divide, needless conquered, typically, well, the only sort of individuals or party people that may have off energy towards free and equal myself or myself are people that solely lack accountability uh, and or seek power control. That's that's really what it comes down to. So it's really unwarranted. This time around, uh, Jill Stein gave her word that she would participate in our presidential debate. 
uh, and uh, she did not follow through with her word. And, uh, you know, knowing her so long, I, I no longer consider her a friend. I, I think she is still a good, good person. It's just the influence of the people around her um, may have not been uh, the best. I think what she's doing with the recount is going to tarnish her name uh, permanently. But ultimately, the responsibility does lie on her because she is, you know, ultimately making the decision. So, uh, you know, I definitely could go in greater detail, but I, I'm still grateful for the good things that her and even Gary Johnson have done. But as people, I just, I just think that we as Americans deserve better candidates. And I, I, I am seeing that a lot of better candidates will run in the future. Well, and speaking of that, do you think in, in- – do you think that she'll run again, or do you think she'll even get her our party's nomination now in, in 2020 if she decides to run again? I mean, if they aren't able to get anybody else to want to run with the Green Party or be on behalf of the Green Party, maybe she'll run again. But I think this recount decision was a huge error. Um, I do support the idea and the concept of a recount. I, you know, with free and equal elections, we address the really the flaws of the electoral system. It is rigged by the two-party duopoly. It's just the way that she's going about doing it. It is just, you know, lacks integrity and accountability. And the fact that she was dishonest towards myself, free and equal elections, and didn't follow through with her word to a platform that has supported her more than most, if not almost at the very top, and then as a friend, you know, I mean, we've known each other for years. She's offered to be my personal doctor to come to my home and be there. It's just, it was like gut-wrenching for her wow. to not follow through with her word. And if she's not going to do that towards myself and free and equal, I can't trust her. And it's just it's like my duty to let the people know that she would be capable of doing that to the public. And that's what I can see it appears is happening very clearly as every day goes by regarding the recount. Hey, Christina. Now, did she give you any reason, any indication as to why she didn't attend? Well, uh, she stopped directly communicating with me uh, around after years and years. She attended our United We Stand Fest three years in a row, um, which was great. In our presidential debate in 2012, she rocked it. And she mm-hmm. was in our second round of debates. The initial reason was she would do it if Gary Johnson was a part of our debate. And that shows a lack of leadership, but that aside, she had already given her word she would be a part of our debate. So right. uh, Gary Johnson's campaign came back initially said they did, would do a live feed for a presidential debate. Um, I went back no. to Jill Stein. They're like, yeah, we'll do it. It's a live feed. I go back to Jill the Johnson. It's a back and forth. And they're like, no, he'll only do a live feed to give a statement, but he won't participate in the debate. And the, oh, wow. the Johnson campaign is just as bad. Um, they initially said Johnson will not debate any other third-party candidate. You know, he wanted to be in the Commission on Presidential Debates. He wanted to be next to Trump and Clinton, um, which was discouraging, especially since, you know, Johnson and Stein had filed a joint lawsuit against the corruption of the Commission on Presidential Debates, you know, for being excluded. But Johnson was ignoring the Stein campaign Four or five times she did try to inquire to do events with him against the CPD. Um, wow. You know, so it just, you know, in the end, uh, the Green Party, I've been told there's various members that just didn't want her to participate in our debate. 
Her campaign manager is not a nice person, David Cobb. Um, he appears nice on the surface, but you know, the Nader campaign warned me about him a decade ago. He, he said to me that if I were to continue communicating with Jill or trying to reach out to her, uh, that um, he would, it would compromise my, the possibility of me being hired in the future to help get Jill Stein on the ballot. I didn't say that, but the cycle, I, wow. got Jill, I was hired to get Jill Stein on the ballot in seven states. I was successful at it, and her national ballot access planner said he wished he had hired me for all 50 states, and that would have been an honor. I used all the proceeds that I earned for that six months of intense work, tens of thousands of dollars, towards the United We Stand Fast in presidential debate, and Jill Stein didn't show up. It's like, it's just mm-hmm. so wrong, you know, and, and I, I, you know, this is temporary, I'll talk about this, but I want to move forward in the direction of all the people who have been really good towards our movement, which is far, far more than the few people that I'm talking about tonight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, and that kind of surprised me from both of them. I mean, because you guys are the on the forefront of breaking the duopoly, uh, certainly. And I do have a, a couple more uh, questions, but I know Kelly, who's uh, a resident libertarian here in the group, uh, so let's go ahead and bring it over to you, Kelly. Go ahead. Well, yeah, Christina, that's just such a heartbreak hearing the story. You worked your butt off for six months, and I've done campaigns, and it is absolutely exhausting. Yeah. And uh, not to return phone calls and other stuff, and just, oh, gosh. You know, and I, I'm scratching my head from what I've just heard, particularly from Gary Johnson, who I voted for in the general election. Because um, you, you, what you did in 12 was just awesome. With Larry King, and you know, you got exposure out there, and that's any politician running for any position. Um, a big exposure like that would be huge, particularly with Larry King. I'm, I'm just scratching my head why Johnson and Stein wouldn't come on board. Um, and I, I guess that's uh, the next question I have for you is, um, do you think somebody else got to Stein? And I don't mean her her uh, supporters. I mean more so people high up or something like that. I am being told by key people within our campaign, one in particular that does come across as trustworthy deep in the network, that um, there was a member, various members of the Green Party that were really adamant, primarily Gloria Matera of the Green Party in New York, really adamant, I think there are others, of her not participating in our debates. But I included Jill on every single email. I text messaged her directly. Um, even her campaign manager, as I mentioned before, David Cobb said, you know, pretty much ordered me to not communicate with Jill Stein directly anymore. And if I did, I wouldn't potentially be hired, like I said before, uh, for future ballot access jobs. I mean, I said, I had to tell him I'm not going to be censored, like unless she tells me not to communicate with her. Um, So sure, I I feel some sadness there for, but ultimately she knew what was going on and she allowed them to make that decision for her. And that's just something she can never change. And, you know, Rocky Del Fuente, an independent who ran for president, Daryl Castle, Constitution Party, Gloria Lariva, Socialist Liberation Party, all participate in our debate. At the end, they insisted on addressing the issue of um, asking why wasn't Stein and Johnson there. And this is what they said to the extent Daryl Castle, the Constitution Party, said shame on Stein and Johnson for not being here. They think they're high and almighty. And, uh, you know, and then you get to Rocky Del Fuente said they will regret not being here. And he's right. And in the end, our platform account, it attracts candidates that are completely accountable. They may have different viewpoints. And boy, did they. The cycle, 2012, and 
but we don't tend to grab, grab attract candidates that, like I said, lack accountability, are influenced by power control, or can be manipulated, maybe not strong enough leaders, which I feel that might be the situation with Stein. I think she is personally a good person. I don't feel the same way about Johnson. I think he's not nice, but I feel different about Stein still after all of this. But, you know, ultimately they played a role, but I, I just don't see – um, I see both of their names pretty, pretty uh, not not necessarily in a, a good light, <laughs> at least in the political realm in the future. Wow. Well, and, and I think and I see yeah. that as kind of a backdrop uh, to you know, you know, another part of our topic tonight, and that is with uh, you know this recount. Now, you know, you think that both herself and Gary Johnson, and, and we won't talk about Gary Johnson because he's not really, from my understanding, doing much with any recounts, if anything at all. Uh, but with her, it, you would think she'd have a, a sort of loyalty to, uh, you know, third parties. And as I mentioned in the beginning of the show, some of the things she said about Hillary Clinton during the election, you know, namely she'd be more apt to start uh, World War III than than, than Trump would. Uh, but what I don't get is, you know, I mentioned who could be behind it or – and there was some kind of, you know, talk about that. And I know you uh, know what the speculation is uh, on who's behind it, especially the money. Uh, so you want to discuss a little bit more about that on, on who we think's you know, kind of behind, you know, the money push for this? Well, you know, it's, it'll reveal itself with time, you know, if you see in filings and it's very obvious that um, Stein is playing off the emotions, you know, of the Hillary Clinton supporters and the last wishful, maybe we can overturn the election, but, you know, Gary Franchi of the Next News Network and others, you know, there is fine print towards those donations, and that is that Hillary or that uh, Jill Stein has, you know, created a foundation. So excess funds will go into her quote unquote foundation. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so I'm not against, you know, I, I run a foundation. It's just a matter of how you raise those funds. And I don't think this is a very uh, smart approach. I think she has started or selling out. 100% of the system and or has become a tool of the system. They're using her, maybe toss her out later on. Um, as far as the loyalty towards the third party, I, you know, I, she broke her loyalty towards free and equal elections and myself. And it really pains my heart to say that. And this is the first time I've ever started interviewing 20 years that I've done thousands and thousands of interviews, but I'm done being quiet about this stuff because I, I don't want to be wronged by people like this in the future again. And, um, you know, you asked before, just to go back to your question before, Stein and Johnson, why, why wouldn't they be part of a debate? I can tell you that anybody that wouldn't join our platform, if there's any attacks or off energy directed towards myself, free and equal, it is so unwarranted. I truly am here to help unite people across the political spectrum to help bring about solutions. I'll be here for years and decades to come and people will see that more and more. But any off energy or anything that's directed towards us is a mirror reflection of that candidate or individual themselves. It's just so unwarranted. So again, I I love the fact of what Gary Johnson did as governor of New Mexico. Um, He did a great job there. And, And Jill Stein in the last several elections, which is just so interesting to see as campaigns evolve. For example, Johnson and Stein, really what it comes down to is they felt they were too big to moderate, mm-hmm. sorry, participate in a debate next to smaller candidates like the Constitution Party. And Rocky yeah, Delta I think Wednesday. you're right on that. What makes them any different from Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton? And that is just 
in, I mean, yeah. And then a couple of days after our debate, uh, Jill Stein and Gary Johnson went on a debate. They debated each other, which is great. But why, why not participate in more than one debate, right? Ours and then do their own thing mm-hmm. together. No problem. Um, so that was really uh, done in bad taste. And it was really uh, hurtful. I mean, after all that I have, have done to help them and, it just, uh, it, it is what it is, and I think it's something Stein will regret. I, I'm not sure about Johnson. He's a <laughs> different personality type from Stein. <laughs> well, He's down a nice and you referred to the, and you referred to the uh, yeah, you referred to that audio from uh, the next, uh, and we'll be playing that later on tonight uh, about the fine print. We'll be playing that uh, later on this evening. Uh, but there was also, uh, you know, talking out there that, you know, George Soros has his hand in this. Uh, what can you tell us about that? Well, I, I did see on We Are Chained, Green Party opposes Jill Stein's recount effort. That's a huge red flag. Her own party, the Green Party, or, well, they're separate. Campaigns and parties always operate separately. But that's a big deal, including her own campaign senior advisor. So, And then also, you may have seen Jill Stein hired the DNC lawyer for Michigan recount effort. I mean, that's mm-hmm. uh, troubling. Um targeting just those three states and uh so um but yeah i guess uh in your question was uh, what was this it's been a long day for me so can you, can you say it again my no, I, I knew you were on another program yeah. this evening weren't you <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> but i make yeah, sure i've I seen that interview available. it was on youtube i think uh what was it on the uh foundation was it excuse me I think it was uh, on a lot of these topics. Uh, I think so you posted funny. it to your Facebook, uh, you know, earlier this evening. Okay, I'm addressing the foundation issue, or what was it again? My apologies. Which one? It was with the, with the, with this issue with the, the recounts and, and her not uh, going to the debates. <clears throat> yeah, I think you asked something a little bit specific before, but yeah, as far as the recounts. Um, you know, it, it, it's done in bad faith. Again, I, I support the concept of a recount, but uh, um, how she's going about doing it, I think it's going to be um, permanently destructive towards her image and name. And in fact, after how we were treated um, regarding the debates that I mentioned in greater detail um, moments ago, uh, she tarnished her name with free and equal elections. It like breaks my heart to still say that. But, um, you know, we're here to move forward. Uh, we're stronger because of it. Myself, I, you know, um, I always uh, take every experience as a learning curve and keeping eye on the prize and, again, focusing on uh, the candidates. Might I add this debate, the cycle was moderated by Emmy Award-winning actor Ed Asner of the Mary Tyler Moore Show, Mr. Lou Grant and myself. And uh, he said at this debate that these candidates have participated that I mentioned before, Rocky Del Fuente and Meryl Castanglar Lariva helped bring back dignity within our election. So um, I love the fact that Rocky Del Fuente, reeling back into the recount, uh, actually was initially the first person to file for a recount in Wisconsin, but then Stein hopped on board, totally different strategy from Rocky. Right. He's now withdrawn his recount in Wisconsin because she's there now. And he just filed a recount in Nevada in a state where Clinton won. So that just shows integrity, accountability, that, you know, he really does care about the recount process. You know, so 
it's very night and day clear for me as far as the Soros. Yeah, the, your question was Soros. Now it just came back to me. Um, mm-hmm. Is it possible that he funded this? Absolutely. I'm not one to say that's definitely the case, but given how I've been treated by Stein and um, her campaign manager and various Green Party leaders to cycle, anything's possible. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, it, you know, especially since it looks like, well, it not looks like it is, where she hired the, uh, the you know, the Democrat, <laughs> the, the DNC lawyer uh, uh-huh. to do it instead of, you know, someone within her own party. And, and Kelly, I know uh, you may have some, some other questions, but I have one more because, you know, it's, it's something I've been wanting to kind of, you know, promote, and I'd like to see this, you know, actually happen in the future when we're talking about, you know, changing our electoral system. And, and that's about preferential voting and, and Christine, I want to get your thoughts on, you know, on preferential voting, and uh, do you think that would uh, help the alternate parties? Well, uh, you know, I think that it is a great thing, and um, I love the fact that Robert Chi, Fair Vote, uh, they've really been at the forefront of helping to create the passage, or for that matter, for ranked choice voting to be in Maine. I love the fact that there's uh, people in uh, in Colorado for approval voting. Alternative voting methods are definitely the way to go. So yeah, I'm very supportive of that. Um, there's you know score voting, lots of different sort of voting. But there's also other components of the um, currently the the design of our system is flawed. It's intentionally designed the way it is because of the two-party duopoly that leans on these flaws, like the fact that we don't have alternative voting methods. Um, um, the fact that we have gerrymandering, that is so bad. Uh, that's why Dennis Kucinich did not win his most recent race, and that's not fair. Uh, he's an accountable candidate. Uh, don't necessarily believe in all his viewpoints, but, you know, the people vote for him. He should. So, you know, to the fact that uh, these electronic voting machines, I mean, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, we talked a lot about that this this, this season. I mean, gosh, that's so corrupt. You know, and that's owned by the powers, the, the, the rich and powerful families. You follow the money. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, there's so about. many. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's there's a lot of uh, the mainstream media is another component, the closed presidential debates, um, Hollywood and music, all these different factors. But uh, we have a lot of room for improvement. And I, I do feel free and equal elections is at and really will be at the forefront for many years and decades to come, bringing together intellectuals to discuss these issues in more and greater detail because that is needed in order to bring about solutions. Yeah, that's one of the things we really pushed, uh, you know, the, the last couple of weeks uh, of the, uh, you know, election we were working with. And, Kelly, you can, uh, we'll bring it over to you, working uh, with Watch the Vote USA, uh, with you, Kelly, and then Jim Connett, Jr., and, you know, there's, I know there's a lot of efforts actually getting uh, information out to uh, Donald Trump about uh, election fraud. And, you know, we, I think we finally got, you know, <laughs> finally got to him because, uh, you know, and, and then you start get, seeing reports about the electronic machines, uh, you know, closer towards the, you know, the end of the elect, you know, or towards the, you know, the actual election. And so I think that's a good segue, Kelly, bring that over uh, to yourself. I do see a couple other callers on, on as well. Uh, we'll get you in. Uh, let's go ahead and bring it back to Kelly. And then we've got uh, Susan and we've got John and then Cindy. Uh, I thought I seen that uh, you had 
ones to get in, just push the number one on your dial if you'd like to get back in. And we have some others, just push the one on your phone if you'd like to get into the show tonight. And those listening out there, just give us a call at 347-945-7428. Uh, back to you, Kelly. Yeah, um, Christine, I'm really glad that you're on top of the concerns with the electronic election systems. There's two parts to it. There's one, well, actually, there's three. Um, there's the um, where I voted, a small precinct we had it, you know, you scanned. It was a Dominion uh, image cast. They took my ballot, they scanned it, and, you know, supposedly that was accurate. Whatever, there's a central tabulator. Um, and then there's also the voter registration software. Now, if somebody could just amazingly, magically take voters off the roster, they're unregistered, guess what? The voting machines will say, I can't count this vote because I, it's illegal to count a vote from, uh, it's illegal to count a ballot from an unregistered uh, voter. And so what we saw when we did our online declaration drive after the primary, all sorts of stories. I know some, um, uh, a lot of our listeners have already heard this, but this is for Christina's benefit. Uh, what we saw was people would show up with their sample ballot at a precinct in California, and uh, they said, oh, you're not registered to vote. I said, well, then why did I get the sample ballot? Or another person would show up, um, and, and this is all flaws in the voter registration database, electronic. And so people mm. would, would show up, and they're vote by mail. So I've never been vote by mail. All the poll workers said, so we'll just turn your vote by mail in and uh, we'll, we'll give you a regular ballot. I, said, I can't do that, ma'am, because I never got my ballot. Vote by mail, people never got their ballot. They go to the precinct and the poll worker says, we'll just turn in your your vote by mail ballot because, you know, you can't be voting twice. It's, I, I'm telling you, ma'am, I never even got the ballot. So provisional, 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 all sorts of problems. Um, it's my belief, and it's it's from the declarations we gathered, but from, it's my belief that Bernie Sanders should now be our uh, president-elect because he would have won California. Now, when we go deeper into the I agree. Registration, I agree on Sanders that if um, there was very likely that uh, the the vote, uh, it was, the election was stolen from him, that's very strong, if not almost <laughs> what actually happened, possibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it wasn't just California. It was New York, Illinois, Kentucky, Arizona. Mm-hmm. So we uh, – um, this wonderful lady named Michelle, she's uh, a really good researcher. Uh, she helped us there watch the vote, hooked up with us and all. And uh, she calls the California Secretary of State. They have a division called the OVSTA, Office of Voting System Testing uh, Assistance. Now, with the voting machines in California, uh, this started with Deborah Bowen back in 2007, then Secretary of State. Every machine. Yeah, I ran, I ran against her for Secretary of State in 2010. She's not very. She's not very good. <laughs> you you yeah. had a, a what? I ran against Deborah Bowen. I ran for Secretary of State of California in 2010, and Deborah Bowen was just just not. Um, anyway, good Secretary of State. So it's kind of a blast from the past, that name. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Well, gosh, I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad <laughs> you're like I had to say something. <laughs> yeah. I, I hope you run again. I hope you run again for Secretary of State. Because Michelle, you're you in California. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I wanted I to tell you more. Inter- about... I don't mean to interrupt you in the sense, but did you know that if you run, at least back in 2010, it's probably similar 
if you run as an independent for that statewide office, Secretary of State, it takes 100,000 signatures. It did in 2010 just to get on the ballot. So I was forced essentially oh. to run a libertarian. I would have ran green. I, I'm an independent, um, but I ran libertarian, and uh, and it was only 300 signatures because of that, you know, them being a, a qualified party in California. Wow. So it's just so unconstitutional. Oh. So ballot access is another huge you know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wait, wait, wait. So when you ran it only took three hundred signatures? Right, because I was running on the Libertarian Party line, but I wanted to run as an independent, but that took about a hundred thousand signatures. I just didn't happen to have a million dollars sitting in my bank account at that time. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Wow. <laughs> well, um, well yeah. About half a million. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, wow, wow. So I I'll I'll continue my story about yeah, so the LVSGA, Office of Voting System Testing Assistance, basically the Secretary of State uh, takes, well, Deborah Bowen decertified them, and they were even still problems after they got approved, but um, they go through the computer source code of the voting vote counting machines, all right, and they have this lengthy process, takes about a year, they get approval, the copy of the software stays in Secretary of State, it's uh, couriered. Uh, but with a chain of custody to the counties when it gets installed. So we have some level of confidence, I'm saying some level of confidence, that the vote counting software is somewhat decent. I'm, I'm shaking my head still. Uh, somewhat decent in California. Other states, forget it. But when you understand how complicated and rigorous they go through, why aren't other states doing this? That's the vote counting. But when we talk to somebody in the OVSTA's office, his name was Todd, I says, hey, Todd, can you help me out here? Who 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 goes through and checks the vote registration software? Oh, that's not our department. Okay. Can you tell me somebody who is? And he, was, he wasn't. I called him back several days later, and he said, like I said, I haven't had time to find it. Don't you know who is – isn't there some way of checking if the software for voter registration is safe? I mean, there's many levels of vulnerability – and that's what we saw, not only us, but a group called Election Justice. Similar uh, efforts, similar results. We didn't even know about each other. And we're swapping the same stories. This is mind-blowing. Who in the world's watching over the voter registration software? Obviously not anybody. I mean, it's a real concern. And I'm beginning to wonder, Christina, if, if they are purposely – doing things to keep down third parties. You look at the NPPs that are sprouting up like weeds, nonpartisan, you know, or declines a state. Is, is there some trick going on where the R's and D's steal votes from third parties so that they won't emerge? I, I'm just I'm just scratching my head. Well, I think a lot of it could be um, sometimes people uh, in certain positions uh, whether it's Secretary of State, Deborah Bowen, and others are not necessarily qualified for the position. Um, so we're finding that a lot of people that may be running these machines, I know locally where I live here in Cambria, I've you know, heard with people who have been active here for years um, dealing with voting machines that just some of the people don't really know what they're doing. So, I mean, I think that's one component. It's not entirely uh, – you know, I think it's a combination of a lot of things. There are others that have the intent, um, you know, of obviously look at the money where the voting machines, you know, back to Dominion and Default. That is no coincidence that that is, you know, follow the money, uh, you know, tied to the 
the, the powerful families, you know, Rockefeller, Rockchild. I mean, and that's really the whole system is tied, you know, to greed, money. Um, and so, yeah, so is this all possible? Absolutely. We saw this, uh, this cycle with uh, Sanders. Um, Trump was correct when he said the, the system is, is, is rigged. I, I hope, um, well, who knows, we cannot predict what he may or may not do. But one good thing we can all agree, I think, no matter how anybody feels about Trump, I don't support by any means all of his viewpoints, but that the reason he got elected primarily was due to a protest vote against the two-party duopoly. And the system oh, yeah. is rotting from within. So he's really, um, you know, the uh, pathway. It's not necessarily the most comfortable, ideal, for, and, and then some for a lot of people out there. But he's the pathway, I foresee, towards an independent uh, movement that will be rising. And that's what I personally um, been working to build free and equal elections for a majority of my life, almost 20 years. I've been in this electoral uh, arena and I'm 35 years of age. So that's a big chunk of my life. And it's um, so, yeah, I, I think that um, rather than focusing all the problems, which is we need to just certain extent, let's shift towards how to bring about the solutions. And that's something I'd be happy to speak about as well with with our initiatives that we have here at Free and Equal Elections as well. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, of, of all the different uh, of, of all the different you know presidential candidates for the alternative parties, uh, you know that I've seen and, and we've interviewed a number of them. Uh, I know well, I've, I've seen a post the other day about you know Bobby Wells. I was like, oh yeah, we did have him on the show. Uh, you know, so we interviewed him. We interviewed a number of them. Now, now, personally, so far, my favorite, you know, from 2012 to the present, uh, is Virgil Goode of the Constitution Party. I mean, it's, it's a shame that guy <laughs> didn't win in 2012, because uh, uh, you know, of all of them that I've seen, you know, he, he was definitely, to be honest, my favorite. <laughs> Well, hey, uh, real quick, Robert, hey, Christina, I, I want to send I you up. Like, I really like I really like what John B. Anderson was about when he ran for president, and I think 1980 or so in that that arena. So, um, pretty cool for him to run as an independent. Well, that's, I, what, I that's what I voted for in my in grade school. <laughs> Way the grade school voting <laughs> yeah, thing, well, that's, and that's, that's, that's what I voted for. I personally support independent candidates. And uh, and that's just that's just how I roll. Um, I mean, Ralph Nader ran as an independent in 08, but I didn't vote for him. Um, <laughs> I didn't believe in all his viewpoints, but uh, I believed in getting him on the ballot. Um, but I also wanted to just kind of wrap up on the mindset that I think a big reason that uh, that people don't vote um, is because of the issues we're right, we're bringing up. Okay, does my vote really count? I I personally. People might not agree with this, and I understand why maybe, but I personally don't hold it against people that haven't voted to date uh, in the sense that um, maybe there's a candidate they don't entirely support yet. I think that a lot more greater candidates, or greater candidates for that matter, um, worth voting for are going to be running in the future. But I also think that we're going to be That sounds like our friend John. He says that all the time. Yeah, I think we're going to, we have to be able to fix this electoral system. And when we do, then I'm definitely going to hold it against those who do not choose to vote, you know, under a accountable system, because the current system is so flawed. And maybe you feel that your voting 
um, and playing into a, a broken, flawed, rigged system, and that's not okay either. So I, I get it, but it doesn't mean we can't fix it. We have to fix it. Oh, yeah. I would say if we was to look at a model, real quick, Kelly, uh, but I would just say that, you know, if we were to look to, you know, if we were to look at a model system, you know, just a, a system to model after, for me at least, uh, my preference – no pun intended, because they do preferential voting, uh, would be Ireland's voting system. Hmm, yeah, good yeah. to know. I had to get that out. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm gonna, uh, real, real quick uh, about the preferential, California did do a somewhat preferential with the Senate vote this year. There's only two Democrats in the general election running for Senate, Sanchez and Haynes, and it was a new law, something from California, where in the primary, whatever two candidates from whatever parties, whatever the top two were, they were competing in the general election. So that was a kind of preferential uh, voting, breaking the ice with that. But, Christina, I, I want to just let you know I want to send you my number on, on Facebook so we can talk off whoa, air. Wait, 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 wait. You think preferential voting, are you talking about top two in California? Is that? Well, that's what happened with the Senate race, the U.S. Senate. Yeah, I, I think top two is, um, well, first of all, in Ireland, I recall, uh, it has a proportional representation and um, the mm, uh, single uh, transferable vote. And that's, you know, I yep. know PR is awesome. It's like, I mean, my understanding is I hope that we get people elected into office that get rid of all these ballot access barriers or at least make them the same for these are surprise independents. And I'd rather, you know, not be collecting money from camps to get them on the ballot, but more so doing initiatives for worthy things like uh, proportional representation. So um, that is uh, something I'm very passionate about. So um, in any case, I, I don't want to <laughs> – we can do a few more questions. I don't want to rush. Yeah. I know there's well, a I point you've well, yeah, I definitely want to do a co- uh, more, shows, uh, more shows on that, on, you know – you know, proportional with um, proportional system with, with the preferential, uh, but I mean it's it's very mathematical. You know the the way they do it there. I mean I you know I got an idea uh, of how they you know they do the voting there, but it's um, I think it's definitely more representative here. I mean and they, and they work with the multi-party system. I mean they've got like five uh, five parties there in Ireland. So. It's a great thing, and actually, Bill Redpath, um, he's the former national chair of the of the Libertarian Party. Um, he's very knowledgeable in proportional representation. So, if you want to want me to give you his contact info after this interview, just oh, me. Oh, certainly, yeah, send it to me on Facebook. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that'd be awesome. Let's go ahead and uh, if you don't, if you don't mind, let's go ahead and get John in. Because he he he, yeah, uh, he talks you know a lot of the way that uh, that you're doing. I know you, I know you got to go soon. Uh, I know you got to go soon, but I want to bring people. John in because you guys sound a lot with with yeah. some things. Go ahead, John. Is that okay, mm-hmm. Christina? Yes, it is. I heard you said there's a couple people had questions, so I I want to try to oh you yeah know, let them have their voice heard. <laughs> their voices heard. Oh. <laughs> okay, great. Well, I appreciate it. Go ahead, John. You've got the mic as we say here. Yeah, well, I just have a simple question. You may have mentioned this, Ms. Tobin, and I missed it. Um, did the Green Party, Jill Stein, or Mr. Johnson, either one of them, explain that they had like a scheduling conflict and that was the reason why they did not want to participate in the debate, or did they just outright blow you off and not even give you an explanation? They 
there's really no good explanation whatsoever to miss a debate that's being moderated by an Emmy award-winning actor that prior to on our stage, we had, you know, a festival with Bob Marley's son, Kimani Marley on our stage to Flowbots, their world-renowned song, Handlebars, Earth Guardians, the lead singer, 16-year-old that's testified in front of Congress, or sorry, to sue the government, you know, on climate issues. Like, there's just no reasoning whatsoever that could justify two faces that have put out this image that they support opening the debates, that they filed a mm-hmm. lawsuit jointly against the CPD. Guess who connected Gary Johnson to Jill Stein? I did that. You know, like, guess who? help get both the Libertarian and Green Party on the ballot this cycle. I did that with my petitioning company. Like, of course, I have had the help of so many others to make that happen because I'm an organizer and I could not do it without that team. Same with the Freeney Collections team. But ultimately, they messed up. This platform's for the people. This is not about me. This is not about Freeney Collections per se. It's about creating an open debate with a variety of candidates so the people can, you know, hear what they have to say and what they believe in, and they shot themselves in their own foot by not being a part of it. So, no, there was no scheduling conflict whatsoever. You know, the Green Party, um, the campaign tried to pull the typical political play the Friday before the debate that Jill Stein, and she was, she had walking pneumonia, she was sick. And I'm glad she's okay. I don't, I, she's, you know, hardworking, her heart, everything she put into, but at that point in time, but they tried to pull the Friday before the debate, which was like a couple of days later. She's sick. She can't do it. Well, she was live in studio, you know, with Shink Uger of the Young Turks on that day when they're telling me she's sick and can't be at our debate. And I just kindly told them, you know, if Jill Stein had said yes, and then she got sick with pneumonia it would be different. You know, health and family comes first. But to always have said no and then say you're sick with pneumonia, it means nothing. You know, and regarding Gary Johnson, um, you know, he has uh, placed false and unwarranted attacks towards an organization, Free Nickel and or myself, um, you know, for reasons that are a mirror of his own actions. I cannot take it personally because he is not, He doesn't work well with a lot of people. Big reason is just his lack of communication. He doesn't communicate with people. He's very hard to reach, and that's not good as a leader. So, um, you know, ultimately, there's just no good reason. It kept going. It just just, – initially, the Johnson campaign said he will not debate a third-party candidate. Ron Nielsen of Our American Initiative said that. And then uh, they came back and said uh, Johnson, uh, you know, didn't want to be – uh, and the media, after everything that went on with the whole media attacks, you know, um, that uh, you didn't want to be prone to further media attacks. Well, really? That's, that's your reasoning for yeah, not being on the state platform? <laughs> like, I mean, you know, and then when they tried, you know, you know, to do the live stream thing, how unfair, how, how, what, it, how much, how disrespectful of the Johnson campaign to even think that him to be on a live stream 
while we're having a presidential debate, three candidates in person with Ed Asner, that he could just come on and give a statement. And that, how, yeah, how high and almighty. That is so disrespectful to Asner, to our organization, to the candidates who were there in person. And, you know, yeah, Daryl Castle's right. Shame on Stein and Johnson for not being a part of this truly open presidential debate for the people. Shame on them. So, so unkind of them to do that. And not and I, I guess, I mean, the, Go ahead. I mean, it just, uh, it's, it's just, I'm still flabbergasted. I wasn't so surprised by Johnson because people know he has a history of randomly yelling at people. There's something not right. Again, he was great as the, um, you know, as the, for New Mexico, the governor, but he just started spiraling downhill, especially the cycle. And, uh, and, and he's known to have yelled. I know people, it's just you don't treat people that way. Human beings, you don't yell at the top of your lungs. I mean, it's scary. I've seen him do this personally. And uh, it's scary. And you don't treat people that way. And uh, I'm glad he's not running again. Uh, I hope he's able to work on that. And uh, I think he's had a lot of great viewpoints he's offered to people. But the way he goes about doing it, definitely a lack of care charisma. I think most of us can agree with that. And I hope and I wow. do for the Libertarian Party will choose a better candidate in the future. They did a they did a really good job what? getting them on the ballot to states plus DC. I, I bow down to them for that. They were a lot kinder towards us this cycle, the National Libertarian Party, than in the past. <laughs> well well that, hey, that, that that's good at least. And then I mean I will say and then I'm gonna bring it over to you, Kelly, is that and then Susan, I do see on the line, uh, is I, at least commercial-wise, especially actually for Gary Johnson, I think that the media and the mainstream media, I, I do think that they covered uh, the third parties or at least talked about them. We gave lip service to them more this election cycle than I've seen in any other election cycle in my memory. Uh, but let's go ahead and bring it over. Uh, and if you want to make a comment on it, Christina, it's fine. But I want to uh, bring it over back to you too, Kelly. Oh, well, yeah. Um, Christina, the good news is Larry Johnson is pretty much done running. That's from other libertarians, but and hopefully they'll treat you with more respect next time. I do want to let you know uh, we're friends on Facebook, Kelly Mordecai. I want to I send you my phone number so we can chat off air because I think there's some uh, quite a bit of commonality I'd like to uh, discuss, um, et cetera, et cetera. New tools we've come up with with catching election fraud, exposing it so we can get honest with elections. So just, you know, mm-hmm. I'll send you my, my number on Facebook, and maybe in the next week or so we can chat. Yeah, I would love that. You know, I think that's, the you know, the most important thing is uh, is um, learning from each other, and it's going to take education, and I think uh, really through the arts and music is going to be really key, too, and helping to bring about that education and making it fun. Um, but, yeah, I would definitely uh, be interested in that. And um, I also wanted to just say that by posting what I have and releasing um, through you guys and Luke of We Are Change and I anticipate more in the future, I'm noticing a lot of state party leaders and local leaders and so on who are, for the most part, pretty awesome, you know, Libertarian and Green Party alike, gravitating towards our platform because they see what I'm saying is consistent and it's truthful and uh, in the future, I will be um, saying these things right away if anybody's not kind towards myself or any collections because I just, 
I don't deserve it. And I'm I'm like, wow, I mean, these, yeah, so false illusion of someone I may or may collectives may be is like, oh, my gosh, you guys, I'm simply here to help. So, yeah, I do hope that the Libertarian Party, um, like I said, they were pretty awesome to work with for the most part, uh, nationally, the cycle, and definitely the state leaders. Uh, the Green Party was pretty not not nice. I mean, they initially told the National Ballot Access Coordinator they did not want him to hire me, and I came back and said, can you get a good reason why? Because I can assure you I've worked hard to be able to stay. I'm the, really one of the best, in the, if not the best in the industry, of getting candidates on the ballot. In fact, I've already been inquired, you know, and there's been interested in, in getting, you know, independent or independent presidential candidates on the ballot in 2020. Uh, you know, I'm, I am the best. That's what I specialize in doing. <laughs> and so um, when he went to the Green Party, he couldn't get a good reason. He hired me anyway. And I'm so glad he did that. Rick Lassen enjoyed working with him and, and got Jill Stein successfully on the ballot in seven states. So, yeah, it's just, it's just fascinating. You have personality types all over the place. And, and sometimes parties don't necessarily attract the, the best sort of personality types. So. I'm here to weed them well, out. Well, <laughs> weed out the not good ones. <laughs> we don't have time for divisiveness. We've got to unite in our country to save it. Well, well, I'm, well I'm not. You know, I'm not uh, trying to poke at the guy, and you know, I'm just to say. But ever since we had uh, Matt Bevin on here uh, multiple times, and now that he's governor, he's become a lot harder to get a hold of. So I'm telling you, I'm, I don't, I'm not saying he's doing the same thing as what you're experiencing, but I did notice he has that once he's because when he was running against. Uh, Mitch McConnell in the primary uh, for Senate, yeah, he was on a couple times, and he was running for governor in Kentucky. He was on a couple times, and now that he's governor, he's much. I mean, I understand the position. I mean, I really do. But I'm saying it kind of seriously, kind of tongue in cheek. That you know, he's not as accessible uh, at all. But let's go ahead and uh, bring us back to that one. Well, uh, I don't want to keep I, you, I, you I know, wanna, too much longer I, if you don't I want wanna, to. But. I'll stay on longer because I'm just, it's definitely flowing and all that. And I just want to also say that that is true. I've heard a lot of state leaders for quite some time frustrated because of not being able to communicate um, the group, our American initiative and all it, it just, and he had uh, created a pattern of canceling a lot of events, not following through. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to say it. I think two years ago, was it already now? It was at freedom fest. And, um, you know, Gary Johnson, I walked up to him, he said, hi, shook my hand and spoke. And um, if anybody of you know the history of free and equal elections, we put on, of course, the presidential debates in 08, 12, 16, we'll do it in 2024. Um, we've also put on uh, soon to be our fourth annual electoral reform symposium next year, which um, a lot of the issues, all the issues we're speaking about will be addressed. We just had the Secretary of State of Colorado there this year couple weeks ago and legal women voters and state representative and Clark and County recorders. So that's really cool. That's how I'm learning about all these issues. Um, but regarding uh, Gary Johnson back in 14, we had put on our first annual United We Stand Fest attempted to hold at UCLA. But I think most of us recognize that the universities are a product of the system, right? Specifically UCLA mm-hmm. and uh, five days oh, before yeah. our event where we had Larry King as a speaker and public enemy Chuck D, you know, fight the power to founding members of Wu-Tang Clan, Dennis Kucinich, the list goes on and on, all confirmed. UCLA wrongfully canceled the event. 
And I'm bringing this up. Um, mm. You know, ultimately we overcame it. We held the event alternative venue the day of. I did not shut it down. I was not going to let the system shut us down. I knew months out of, ahead of time that they there would try to do that. Um, you know, I tried to build it up large and all. But Gary Johnson after that just had this ill will and this negativity. And, again, unwarranted towards Free Nicole and myself. We were um, – UCLA tried to stifle free speech, and we're currently in a private negotiation to not only settle that, um, but uh, hopefully they'll host our presidential debate in 20 or not. Um, Otherwise, we'll go public, you know, into full arbitration, and that will not be good for UCLA. But um, going back to Freedom Fest, I know I'm speaking a lot, but I've never spoken of this before. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. a few years ago, Gary Johnson, out of nowhere, I spoke to him and said, yeah, we're dealing with you. He started just yelling and screaming at the top of his lungs to me. I have never had my mom or my dad ever treat me. I mean, you know how parents can be when you grow up, like, oh, mom, dad yelled. It wasn't oh, even yeah. I mean. Yeah, my dad was a disciplinarian. <laughs> it was scary. And, you know, it was, you're a liar, you're this, that. And I'm like, wow I mean it was out of left field I could feel like the people around him were almost embarrassed trying to pull him I said Carrie can you calm down can we sit down and talk this out I told him I said because there's been no communication as you mentioned Gary just stopped communicating with people and it said if we can just talk about this you can express how you feel we can work you know I feel listen you know uh, you know, if you have any questions or concerns, talk it out with me, and I feel confident I can resolve it. But he just went on about, I lied about UCLA, and the event was going to be there, and it's like, oh, my goodness. Like, is that really? Like, I, <laughs> So it just it – Yeah, if they pulled out, what can you do about that? The head of the tea party, I forgot her name. She walked by. I got a personal card from her a couple weeks later. She saw what Gary Johnson was doing, and she walked over and said, you are not to yell at a lady that way. You are to apologize to her no matter what is happening. You do not yell at a lady that way. And after one, two times, he apologized to the lady. She said, not me, to her. He put his hands in front of him pragmatically and said, I'm sorry. But, you know, it was like ever since then, it was just like this toxic, unwarranted, again, energy. I'm saying that word over and over again because it's so true. Um, you know, just was always directed. And, you know, so it, it just, when people, again, have that energy towards us, there's something they honestly, and I mean this with love, they need to sort out themselves. And he's got some things to sort out. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I'll see. What was that? I guess when they were talking about, I remember they reminds me about Megan Kelly trying to say that about Gingrich, about his, his anger management or something like that. But that's a, that's a different story for a different time. I'm going to go ahead, and yep. <laughs> uh, I know Susan's been waiting for a little while. Uh, so Hi, thank Susan. you very much, Susan. She's another, uh, you know, you're another libertarian, aren't you, Susan? Um, I'm kind of a little bit Independent slash libertarian, I don't know. Let's go ahead. Yeah. Well, I got a lot of little things to cover tonight. You know, got a government sports thing. Kaepernick. <laughs> Susan, we're having a hard time hearing you. I'm, I'm sorry. Oh. I don't know what it is with your okay. line sometimes. You got to, like, get close to your phone or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know either. Okay, well, that um, was a little better. Go ahead. Colin Kaepernick, did you read about that? He he came out. Is that the 
talking. Yeah. Yeah, the quarterback for the 49ers favorably of Castro. And one of the guys at the uh, Miami Dolphins is the son of a Cuban immigrant and tackled him hard a couple times. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Um, you know, karma's a, a bitch. But um, uh, speaking of Jill Stein, <laughs> I don't know. I think we should be thanking her. Uh, you know? For for the, she, the recount? Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't look at it the same. She's proven Trump won for sure because it's all showing there was no, no problem. She got her extra money, and Hillary got screwed in the process. I think we should send her a big thank you. Sorry, but I disagree with all of you. Of course, Stephen in my group, he said, Jill might want to skip the country with her ill-gotten gains before the curtain enforcers track her down. <laughs> and Richard said, Hillary's the first candidate to lose twice in one election. <laughs> so I'm sorry. I, I want to send her a big bunch of flowers. Hey, great. Thumbs yeah, up. I just think it lacks accountability, and anybody that does things with uh, not utmost accountable intent for me is just not good enough. But I feel like compromising has gotten us where we are today, and she's being used by the system. Mm-hmm. And if I were in our position, I would not allow myself to ever be used by the, the system because then there's a, a mechanism of control, and, and that, you know, you become tainted, and it's just not okay. And that's the problem with the two-party system and the current government system that I see so many great people that initially do get in running as Democrat, Republicans. Some are just all out sociopaths. It's just hey, they know. I usually vote. But for the over party. time. Okay. Yeah. Excuse me. But over time. Oh, they no, don't talk over people. People. In, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Like yeah. Over time, they inevitably become infiltrated by the system. And at heart, I think they meant well. And I think that happens even on a third-party level, not as much. But I I see a lot of um, third-party leaders uh, breaking away and even independent-minded Ds and Rs and and really shifting towards an independent uh, direction movement. Thanks. Well, I I wasn't really Go ahead, Susan. You know just how I can't stand the the people over talking to each (laughs) other. Go ahead. Well, if you want to talk about being years and blah, 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 how about all you Trump supporters? Let's see now. Let's look to sin so far. Elaine Chow for the uh, Transportation Secretary. Robert, I thought you knocked Elaine who? Paul. Chow. Connell's wife. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, what, about, what about her? I've said nothing about his. Mitch McConnell's wife. <laughs> well, no, not about her, but you should not turn Paul for supporting Mitch McConnell. But yet, what does Mitch Well, yeah, well, well, he, well he, yeah, Mitch McConnell, yeah, Mitch McConnell, Mitch, okay, yeah, Rand Paul endorsed Mitch McConnell when he could have endorsed, uh, endorsed uh, Matt Bevin, and he didn't. Uh, Rand Paul so could have, in 2012, endorsed, wait a minute. Endorse, we've had this conversation a lot, and we won't belabor it here because that's not our topic tonight. But, you know, Rand Paul, look, I mean, I like Rand Paul for the most part. I've said that many times on the show. But my point, my, my contention with Rand Paul, uh, you know, is that, and heck, I would like to have seen him maybe be Secretary of State. Uh, but what I'm saying is when the rubber met the road, when he had all, all I've ever stated is that when he had the opportunity to endorse conservative candidates, 
Okay, when, when there was a, there was an option, he 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 went in, inside it with the establishment. That's all I've ever said about Rand Paul is when those two opportunities right. came and the rubber met the road to support you know you know someone who's you know more independent or, or conservative. He's he, he's failed to do so. You're missing the point. Your man Trump picked McConnell's wife for his cabinet. He also picked Mr. Price supported the Dark Act, which violates my constitutional rights. So, you know, I'm not hey, hey, real Susan. thrilled with his picks. No, no, nobody's going to change Christina. my mind on this. Well, I'm not thrilled with them yeah. either. Kinda, <laughs> I'm not I thrilled with the possibility of my pick Mitt Romney. So. I'm infuriated. I'm infuriated that he said, I'm, wait, wait a minute, I, 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 I know Susan, you listen to the show. You know how infuriated I, I, I am about, you know, him breaking, uh, you know, promises where he says he's going to, you know, I have a special prosecutor to go after Hillary Clinton. I mean, there's people out there, and I've interviewed them, who, you know, that's why they voted for him, because they want to see justice done, and they don't believe justice being done. He's breaking their campaign problems. I'm, I'm, I'm furious. Actually, I'm going to uh, I'm going to this uh, Trump uh, tour. He's on his uh, thank you tour, and I'm going to be going to that tour to interview folks tomorrow night, and I'm going to, you know, make my voice heard as much as I can about my discontent with, with, with you know, with some of his texts now. And the reason okay. I was a, a Trump supporter, because I was a, anybody who could beat Hillary Clinton, and he was the only person who could beat Hillary Clinton, but I did interrupt uh, Christina. Go ahead, Christina. Sorry about that. Oh, I, I, I don't think you really interrupted. I think we spoke at the same time and uh, called a draw. But um, no, I mean, uh, Susan, I just <laughs> okay. want to say that I, I, I agree with you in the sense that I definitely don't support um, a lot of viewpoints and things that Trump's doing. But as I mentioned earlier in this interview, I think one thing we can all agree on, because I focus on the uniting factor, is that really, I think a primary reason, the primary reason Trump got elected is because of the protest vote against the two-party duopoly. And that's a great thing. Um, so I think he is a bridge. It's not the most comfortable bridge by any means, but he's the bridge towards something. Right. I think there's going to be some great, I think historically, 2020, 2024, I'm being messaged by civil rights leaders that have been wrapped around Selma and, you know, really deeply into the, into the history of what's happened here in USA. Um, I think that those are going to be pivotal elections, nothing like what we've experienced this time around, which is quite an experience. <laughs> well, you speak of a bridge, but Alaska had a bridge to nowhere. So let's just hope this isn't a bridge to nowhere. But, um, and if, I I may, all... if I may, Montgomery, um, the bridge of Montgomery uh, led to Selma, you know, and that, that was a day, bloody Sunday, that changed America for 50 years. So um, I think that this is a, going to be a transition towards some massive change, but I, I, I would have never thought it would be Trump. But, uh, you know, if the system wasn't <laughs> right. maybe a flawed, maybe it should have been Sanders. But, you know, it, yeah, that, that well, we'll I never agree. know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, I don't think, I like uh, and, and frankly, I mean, I don't think Sanders – I mean, if it was Sanders-Trump, I, I, I think it might have been a closer – it may not even have been a closer race. Uh, I still think even if Bill Sanders, Trump would have won. Uh, Trump did one thing that, you know, and I said this from the from the primaries, and people are like, oh, my gosh, you're such a Trump supporter. I'm like, no, I'm kind of a, an anti-Hillary uh, person. And the reason why I you know, support Trump other than other candidates, and, and I stated this, you can listen to the archives way back, and I said he is the only person who could take states like Pennsylvania, 
none of the other candidates could win Pennsylvania but Trump. And that's the, the, the state that took him over. And, you know, so and I believe I, I don't think I mentioned Wisconsin, but I may have mentioned uh, Michigan. But another one I definitely mentioned was uh, with, with you know, Pennsylvania, that he, he's the only candidate they could have taken Pennsylvania. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, back to, well, let's go ahead and bring it back to you, Christina, and um, then back to you, Susan. We'll oh, could I say one thing for all of you? To call Susan, your senators. Mm-hmm. Call your senators. The Repu- um, Elliot Engel got the House to pass a bill, uh, H.R. 5732, the Caesar Serious Civilian Protection Act of 2016. Well, so while we were all distracted by the election, the Congress got the war ball rolling. So this the lame duck thing. They're trying to do it. It's been put in the Senate twice. Um, and I called, uh, which Robert knows I do, do that a lot. I called Elliot Engel yeah. because he's the one. He's a Democrat from New York. And I told him, how dare you call the Republicans war hawks when you, as a Democrat, are behind this bill? Not only are you a well, what, I don't know what you would call a Democrat name only, but you're more of a Republican and a fool to boot. Keep your darn nose in your own country's business, and never mind the stuff going on in Syria. Fix what's over here. His staffer was not happy that I called and said, called him a fool and all that. I called my two senators and told them what I thought. I stand with Assad because he has done things. They need to be against ISIS and against the rebels and not against the I'll I'll put this on your site, or I'm on a message it to you, Robert, the the stuff okay. on this, but it's uh, they are just gonna they're trying to, the war machine is trying to get going again with this war and they're trying to sneak it through well, now. That's one, and that's one of the reasons why I stated, I, and, and, and it, we're, we're being recorded, so and this is why I stated, and I may have even said this before, but if not, I'm saying it now it's not going to happen, but I think you know, two things. One, I think Rand Paul would make a great Secretary of State. Two, I agree with Rand Paul when it comes to if he was the if Trump was to pick John Bolton. I don't think John Bolton would be a good Secretary of State. Uh, I, you know, I think either uh, you know if he's going to pick from uh, you know a poll that we've uh, that he has, I think uh, Newt Gingrich or Rula Giuliani would be the better. And I think Gingrich, but he doesn't want it. Um, so of, of all the people he's got there, I think Rudy Giuliani would probably be the better. Uh, would be the best pick with with the poll of people he's got. Yeah, I can jump in and say. Well, I, I think Rand Paul would be, but that, I, I that, probably, he's not even in the wheelhouse. Yeah, I probably don't agree with a lot of what you say. I think that there's going to be, you know, a lot of fresh, even almost non people that just haven't really been the political realm that are going to rise and run in the future. And uh, regarding Rand Paul, you know, unfortunately. Back in the day, I was in Kentucky, and I'm meeting with dozens and dozens of state leaders uh, wrapped around Rand. It was very apparent to me that he abandoned his community, and that was a huge red flag, I think, back in, gosh, 2010 or so. Um, But then when he went off and endorsed Mitt Romney really around his uh, dad's back, and I I listened to a video of Carol Paul um, detailed several times as mom, and it just I just didn't like uh, the way he went about doing that. So, again, I, I just don't think these candidates are good enough for the people. I think they've, they have great – there's been a lot of great things that he's done, the filibuster, the filibuster you know, like, I mean, I'll give him that. But um, I, I just think that way people that um, – that, uh, that just, I think, 
there's going to be a whole different type of personalities that are going to run in the future for these these offices and well, Congress. Well, let's hope so. I mean, I'm I'm with you on I'm I'm with you on that one. Um, so, go ahead, Susan. Well, I, I was done, and I just wanted you to be able to know about this mess that was going and being stuck through or trying to be and to try and stop it, I hope. I appreciate you telling us that, Susan. And, you know, I think that with, with Trump getting elected, I, it's going to be interesting. You know, the money, the big money um, started pumping into Congress a, a while back and then didn't go so much towards the influencing the campaigns. But um, there could be a gridlock here. Um, there may not. You know, maybe Trump will. I, it's hard to say, but I've always suspected there might be a gridlock here with Congress and could stall things out. Um, I'm just not sure. But uh, or they're just going to move forward um, seemingly, uh, you know, quickly. It, it, so, that being said, all the more reason why the congressional races in 18 are going to be also pivotal, and it's time to replace the majority, if not every member of Congress, targeting <laughs> uh, the 18 races. And that's something free and equal elections is like at the forefront. What we're doing with our symposiums, our debates, our United We Stand festivals is saying, hey, congressional ratings are at an all-time low. Real change is going to start from the bottom up, and we got to replace every member of Congress with accountable candidates. Let's really clean happen. that swamp. <laughs> you know, we, we legalized gay marriage. We legalized marijuana. We have concealed carry who would have ever thought in all 50 states replacing, you know, a couple hundred people in Congress. It's going to take hard work, but it's not going to be that hard. It's, it's, it, it, we can do it and we will do it. I mean, well, I have, I have to say though, well, uh, one of those issues I do, I, I do, I am glad to see, and that's, you know, the concealed carry, especially with all the violence going on, especially with the – I mean, we had a so, – uh, you, um, you may have heard on the news, it actually made national news, but, you know, here, you know, the, that terrorist attack, if you want to call it that, um, and, and perhaps in a sense it was, that Ohio State University where this guy goes out uh, from Somalia, you know, refugee – I don't know if he's a refugee or somebody. He came from Somalia, goes into one of the buildings, pulls a fire alarm to get the people out of the building and starts trying to run them down and then starts to, you know, hack at him with a hatchet or a butcher knife, whichever weapon he used. And my contention is, is if there was someone that, and eventually a, an officer uh, killed him, you know, but I, I contend that, you know, if you had someone in that crowd, you know, a lot more people. Now, luckily, no one got killed. Uh, that's, that, that's great. But a lot less people would have been hurt if just one person in that crowd, you know, would have been allowed to have their gun at school and, you know, defended themselves and, and did what needed to be done. Cause you can't always rely on the place, you know, the place to be there uh, when you're needed. I mean, you, you can't, I mean, I had a, I was actually in DC this past uh, summer and, you know, we were, you know, driving from DC uh, to Florida and we we're on the road and this guy just came up uh, to my family, you know, luckily nothing happened. Uh, but if this guy was armed, there would have been nothing, there would have been nothing I could do. Uh, so I think that, you know, it's unfortunate. I just think that the way our you know, society has become and the threats that we have now, I think, you know, the citizens, you know, ought to be armed. Now you should be trained on how to use that firearm. You know, I really think people who are going to carry it, you know, do need to have training and have a certification, but to say that you, because they're armed, I mean, if we're not, the police can't be everywhere. And if they come even five minutes after I'm killed, does it really matter? Not to me, you know, because I'm I'm dead. You know, my family, I'm dead. 
you know, but if I have something where I could defend myself, you know, or at least get, at least, at least give a fighting chance, then I think people should be allowed, you know, you know, to be able to carry them. They're not going to care about the laws. They're, they're, they're going to, the, the, the people, they're going to have a gun, whether, you know, the law says they can or not, they're going to have it. So let the, let the, you know, the law abiding well, citizens mean, be able to have that too. Yeah. Go ahead. I got to get going soon, I think, but I, I, I must, I must say that, you know, my objective of bringing that up is more so to, to focus on the fact that, um, you know, those things happened when we seemingly thought at one point it was impossible, right? Those sort of uh, topics. But, you know, on the injustices, mm-hmm. sorry about that, Tom, on the injustices of the system, I mean, the fact that watching recent documentaries that, you know, over a lifespan, one in every three African-American males have been jailed at one time. I mean, you know, the fact that our our, our um, prison system, the monetary gain, you know, this this, this rotten political system that gains from, you know, the prison, it's just, it's, it all needs to stop. And what's going on in Standing Rock, I mean, it breaks my heart, but my goodness to see these hundreds, these tribes coming together and peace and harmony Mm -hmm. and the vets going out there in the forest. Like now we need to have these people be a part of a platform that has a solution, a message, a direction, and I, that's where free and equal elections comes into play because every problem stems from having the wrong people in office. The reason those pipelines are there is because our current system has intentionally suppressed technology. We don't have free energy. We should, but there's been over 5,000 patents squashed by this corrupt two-party duopoly since the 1900s, and we're relying still on coal and gas and pipeline oil. Why? So the greedy People can get, you know, more and more rich so they can keep funding the two-party system and the mainstream media that they control. I mean, man, this has got and it has to stop. And we see this needless violence happening and divisiveness around the world. Why? Because of our monetary system. Some think Federal Reserve, I mean, that is not a good thing created in 1913 at the same time of the income tax. I mean, it is just, and to learn so much about women's suffrage rights, what I've learned in the last year, you know, what we've gone through, uh, you know, through women's suffrage in the 1920s, as I mentioned before, Selma, you know, and, and that happening in the 60s and myself having the privilege of meeting uh, the mother, Amelia Boynton Robinson of, of Selma, interviewing her last April, she was the reason in her community why Martin Luther King came to Selma. She built that community, her and her husband, for 30 years. She marched on that bridge initially before uh, Martin Luther King came and was beaten and left for dead by the police and tear gas. Why? Because she supported the right to vote. Historically, so many people have gone down to give us this right. And that is my goal at Free and Equal Elections, people say agenda. I don't usually rant like this. This is very unusual. But, you know, the, the agenda. We have plenty like, of time. <laughs> the, the, agenda, the agenda I have is so simple. It's not even agenda. What my heart says is that we cannot forget the, forgot, we cannot forget that is those people who have fought for our right to vote. We cannot forget the Voting Rights Act that was created in the 60s and the Civil Rights. You know, it's, it's just, it is time for us to recognize that in order to inspire people to vote, we've got to rid of the flawed 
system, and that's going to happen. And we've got to inspire and encourage really cool, awesome people to run for office, targeting the congressional races in 18 and the local statewide races as well, and eventually all races. So thanks for listening, everyone. (laughs) Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for coming on and and spending all the extra time with us. And I definitely like, you know, (laughs) even after the election and everything with it, it's all said and done, you know, definitely it's going to take different groups to, you know, work together with, you know, our common interests and common goals, you know, especially one thing I'd really like to have you on and, and talk more to folks about if you could give me that, that gentleman's uh, contact information. I really, I'd love to have him on the show about uh, preferential uh, voting. I'd just like to have him on. And, and, and I've always wanted to have uh, some people actually from, now of course they have a six hour uh, time difference ahead of us. So it might be a little bit more difficult you know, because of the hour is actually have some folks who live it there in Ireland. And I do have contact with a guy who knows some, some folks, you know, folks we can get on. Uh, actually, you know, the, the folks who live it, that you know, tell us more about it as well. But definitely, uh, well, you know, would, thanks a lot. Uh, really we, we appreciate thank you for it. Having me. Yeah, thank you so much. You know, it's time for us to interconnect and come together, you know, in the world for a greater cause. So I thank you for all that you do. We well, welcome you too. And uh, definitely, as I said, they, they, they shouldn't have done that because then uh, I'm talking about, you know, Stein and. Uh, Johnson, because I, I mean, you, Free and Equal is definitely on the forefront of, you know, getting rid of this duopoly. Mm-hmm. With the I help of any others. Curious, in, in the elections and the different systems, I've seen a couple of times on different uh, networks, the gentleman, he's the bass guitar player for the band Nirvana, and he's talked about a ranked choice system. I don't know, is that equal to some of these other systems you guys have been talking about already? Or which do you Chris prefer? Chris Novoselic. Uh, his name's Chris Novoselic, the bassist for Nirvana. And he, um, I think he still is, uh, is on the board of Fairvote. Um, and Fairvote is run by, uh, founded by Rob Ritchie, I mentioned earlier in the interview. Um, they led and successfully passed uh, ranked choice voting, also known as instant runoff voting in Maine. So, um, yeah, Nova, yeah, mm-hmm. Nova Sellers, uh, is, is, is very informative on that topic, as well as Rob Ritchie of Fairboat. I've actually met Chris a couple of times. He came to one of our free and equal meetings in uh, Washington State a couple, many years ago, actually, now. And uh, he told me about his, uh, voluntarily, uh, the first time he met this guy named Kurt Cobain. That was pretty cool. <laughs> so, oh, wow. That whole story. I'm like, oh my gosh! If I had, wish I had a little, little bird or camera, but it it was very special. <laughs> no doubt, he's a very nice guy. Him and his wife. Mm-hmm. Are you still researching the different electoral systems, or and have you made up? You know, what's your preference? In other words, at this point, which one do you seem to gravitate most toward? Well, I'm I'm learning still, uh, you know, through our um, electoral reform symposiums, and that's what Free and Equal Elections is about, is bringing about all the different ideas of um, components of what may or may not be the best for our electoral system. So I hope someday to have, you know, experts, and I do foresee on our stage, um, social media evolve, um, to discuss these things in greater detail. But I have been hearing a thumbs up across the board for proportional representation. I mean, that has just been something that I haven't heard anybody counter. It's, it's always, in a not positive way, it's always been positive. So I think getting Bill Redpath on this, on this show 
um, really would behoove you and your listeners. And even I would be excited to listen to Bill for an hour and, and really to dig deep on the proportional system because Ralph Nader, many other leaders have, have really vouched for that. Um, and so the other components, you know, our platform's about letting the people decide what they feel is best. I'm still learning mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of it. What's your, and what's your website again? What's the actual free, URL? Thanks for asking. It's free and equal, F-R-R, sorry, F-R-E-E, free and A-N-D, equal.org. And also thanks, here thanks on uh, Blog Talk Radio, there is a link uh, as well, folks, uh, that you can click on that will send you to the uh, the website just to let you know on that. Perfect. And I appreciate that, John. John's always, you know, when he calls in, uh, he's good with uh, kind of getting it out uh, for people's websites and stuff, and we appreciate that, John. Nice question, too. I appreciate your question. So, all right, guys. Well, uh, our, our, I'm glad to have stayed on a, a much longer time because um, I'm having a really good time <laughs> talking to you guys, and I appreciate everybody hearing me out. It's a, a healing process to be going through this um, this uh, recent Stein and Johnson thing, but uh, I will uh, only become stronger because of it. Not my first uh, rodeo by any means, but um, the Stein thing was uh, very hurtful because of I never had perceived a political figure as a friend, you know, and to, that for this to have mm-hmm. happened was like, wow. So I'm just going to be even more conscious in a, awareness and uh, we all have our our awakenings and this was really quite the awakening but um um you know i always say an error doesn't become a mistake unless you refuse to fix it so i will have my eyes far more open (laughs) in the future um and doing it and 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 i hope to be able to to i hope by putting this truth out here it helps to for people to determine more quickly what's real and what is not and I, i feel that's a role um i hope to um, be more of a part of in the future. But again, there are far more good people in the world. So thank you for what you two guys do and all your listeners out there um, listening. And I'm looking forward to interviewing with you again in the future. Thanks, Christina. Sounds great. Well, you take care. And uh, if we don't talk to you before uh, the end of the year, I want you to have a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year. Hopefully we'll be at least uh, – chat a little bit before then, but if uh, if not, uh, then I wish the best of yours, you and yours. Yeah, as I would say in Indonesia, Salamat Taun Baru. Have a happy new year and uh, good night. Salamat Malam Satyap Orang. Good night to everyone and uh, appreciate your time and everything you do. Till next time. Till next right. time. Yeah. Take care. <laughs> Take care. Definitely, uh, definitely folks, check out the freeandequal.com, uh, the website. We're definitely going to have uh, her and others on the show to uh, and have the discussions, continue the discussions we are having tonight. And I did well. We did mention uh, on a few occasions an audio clip I'm going to play now uh, about uh, what they're talking about with uh, Jill Stein and, and setting up her foundation. We're going to mention uh, with the the gentleman we mentioned earlier. It's only about a five and a half minute clip. Uh, I will keep the mics on uh, so that if you're going to have any background noise, please mute your phone or your mic. Uh, so we can hear the uh, audio without an interruption. Uh, just give us uh, – oh, it looks like we don't have Cindy on here anymore. Maybe I have to, uh, to text her. Uh, she, I don't think she's ever pushed the one to get into the call. Uh, so anyway, just give us uh, a call if you're out there at 347-945-7428. 347-945-7428. 
And then also see that we do have some other folks on the line. Uh, so if you'd like to get into the show, uh, just push the one on your number dial, and we'll get you in. So anyway, let's go ahead and play that audio. Jill Stein has now officially been exposed as the fine print in her fundraiser shows now exactly where the money is going. Alex Cooper for the conservative Daily Post reports that Jill Stein has now raised over $5.8 million with her fundraising campaign so far. But that's not the incredible part, he writes. No, the part that will leave you stunned is the fact that the fine print explicitly states that the excess money, the excess money will go directly into Jill Stein's special nonprofit foundation. Yes, it's kind of like the Clinton Foundation, but this one's run by Jill Stein. They write here, thousands of people have decided to donate regardless of that fine print because they probably never read it. Now, the reality is, is that I believe, despite anything you hear, despite anything you read, what I believe is that what is happening is that Jill Stein is capitalizing on the pain and anguish that is still residing in all of the Hillary Clinton supporters. Those who would wish to hold on to some shred of hope that Hillary Clinton could overturn this election. So they see Jill Stein as the last answer, their final solution to get Hillary Clinton into the White House. And Jill Stein happily obliges. She sets up the fundraising account. She puts the fine prints. She says, I get to collect it. And then, of course, Hillary Clinton says, yeah, we can support that. Now, new evidence has come out to suggest that George Soros is one of the individuals helping to fund this very fundraiser. Now, they continue here that it's already been confirmed this is part of a larger scheme to under, undermine American democracy with George Soros at the epicenter of a majority of the funding. They write, it's simply a testament to a larger picture. He asked the question, what do you mean? Very simply put, it's clear that Jill Stein won't win the election anyways. So there's something already off. Why would Jill Stein, who doesn't even have a, a chance to win, go ahead and initiate a recount? That's because she's acting as a Clinton surrogate. They write here, a majority of the donations came from George Soros, the man who viciously funded Hillary Clinton during the election, saw pouring money into both her campaign and her foundation. Jill Stein now appears to be using the excess donations to fund her own nonprofit. So he writes that the conclusion is Jill Stein was paid off by the globalist elites to institute a third-party call for a vote recount that would appear nonpartisan and thus be allowed to move forward in federal courts. It says here that Jill Stein states on her website that it will take $3 million in lawyer fees. So that's pretty expensive. They do the math here. Lawyers, $400 an hour means it would take 7,500 on-the-clock lawyer hours, even extremely de detailed in large cases, have a maximum of three to four lawyers working full-time at any given point. But just to prove the point, he says, 10 lawyers are needed. That means each lawyer would have to work 750 on-the-clock hours, each lawyer working 50 hours a week. It would take 15 weeks of full-time work to finish the case. He says the conclusion... He says, are you seriously telling me it's going to take 10 lawyers almost four months to ask for a recount? He says, give me a break. He says, doing the simple math shows how much of a crock this is. Furthermore, he writes, 
at that point, it would be well past the extended deadlines that have already been granted. <laughs> it would actually, it would, it would go on after inauguration day. My friends, this is a hoax. This is a scam. This is being done to prey on those Hillary supporters who are putting in small donations, and of course to prop up um, Jill Stein here in her last 15 minutes of fame. If you ask me, everyone should be demanding their money back. Everyone should be hitting that refund button to give me my money back because it's, it's, it's going to – she's saying, oh, we need to practice democracy here. Um, no, no, Jill, I'm sorry. This is just a cheap way for you to get some quick cash, capitalize on people's, uh, you know, sorrows. You know, like they say, never let a good crisis go to waste, right, Jill? Well, here's a crisis you're certainly capitalizing on because it's not going to do a thing. If anything, if anything, it's going to help Trump because it's going to expose all of the phony votes and all of the fake people that Hillary Clinton bust in, all the corpses that voted for Hillary Clinton, all the illegals that voted for Hillary Clinton, all the double votes from other states. Oh, yeah, Jill, you want to have a recount? You better be prepared to deal with the answers or deal with the refunds. What are your thoughts? Comment below. Subscribe for updates. If you like what we're doing here, give us a thumbs up and share this report on your social networks. For the next news network, I'm Gary Franchi. You. Okay, folks, when the mics are open, if you enjoyed that audio, I said I was going to be playing that. So here you go. So let's go ahead and get comments. And um, didn't get the opportunity to try to get a hold of Cindy. Hopefully, uh, well, I know she's on her way to Texas. So uh, perhaps she was just listening on the drive. But hopefully we'll get to the comments. So let's go ahead and how we'll do uh We'll go ahead and start with you, Kelly, and then we'll bring you in, Susan, and then John, and then uh, we'll uh, move forward with the the rest of the show for tonight. Uh, topic. So let's go ahead and bring it over to you, Kelly. I mean, it's kind of heartbreaking uh, for me because you know I'm a Green Party guy, and you know I'm an independent, but I have my Green Party leanings, and, and just this whole thing, you know, it's kind of breaking my heart on it. You know, I didn't know uh, Jill nearly as as well as uh, our guest Christina did. Um, we certainly weren't, you know, friends like her and uh, Christina are, or were, or what have you. Uh, but certainly, um, you know, certainly, I was just kind of taking it back. What, go, go ahead, Kelly. Well, I guess we learned a new side of Jill Stein tonight when Christina was on, and from her appearing, uh, Christina, of course, appearing a number of times on our show. Um, she's one of these like, hey, everybody, let's get together and let's unite, and she's not. Um, poor girl, she's had her heart broken over this, what she's been working I on. I know so you long. can tell. <laughs> Hearing her voice. Yeah, it was really, you know, I'm, I'm so glad she came on. But yeah, Jill Stein, somebody's been asking the question about Jill Stein. Well, if it's, if it's election integrity you're worried about, then in some of the blue states who went Hillary by a very, very close margin, why aren't you filing in those states as well? Um, you know, and then and then the other question is, well, what happens to the excess funds? Do they uh, does that become Jill Stein's retirement plan? I don't know. Um, it's a lot of suspicions. I mean, obviously, you know, if she said it was for um, election integrity, well, fine. I can you prove it? Um, and we might see some good things come out of it too. Maybe the electronic machines are going to be exposed. Um, but it, yeah, it's, it's, um, kind of, I, I held Jill Stein in a lot of respect, high respect in the primaries because 
she was willing to step down in the Green Party to be the VP candidate if Bernie Sanders wanted to uh, be the president in the, uh, the Green Party. Right. And so she was, it wasn't about her there. It was about, you know, helping people. And, and, and now she does this, and it's just the whole thing. It's questionable motives, and she may have um, just Especially really hurt Especially she's got that fine print about the foundation. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, she just may have really hurt herself and her credibility for quite some time. You know, time will tell, but it's a little bit disappointing, I guess. And I, the more I learn about the recount, I mean, yes, I favor recounts, but, you know, any candidate. But just, just it's been disappointing about Jill Stein to hear about all this. I guess that's all I have to say for right now. Yeah, and, and, and myself, and, you know, we're just going to talk about uh, – and Susan, you brought this up earlier about the different picks of, of uh, and we'll bring it over to, to you. Um, and the first one, I want to get your you know, your thoughts on that audio, and then we can have that conversation for a little bit, and then I'm going to bring it over to John. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, there, there's there's picks that 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 Trump's had that I that that, that I'm not happy with. I'm and I'm also infuriated, uh, and that's one of the reasons why I'm going to that rally tomorrow. I want to get people's thoughts on that and bring them onto the show. Uh, well, you know, there'll be a re- you know recorded audio clips, but you know, I'm going to get their thoughts, you know, on uh, their on the picks as well as them not going after Hillary Clinton, uh, and we could discuss that briefly. But I still want to get, but first of all, I'd like to get your comments on that audio. Oh, 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 I have thoughts. I totally disagree with everybody else. I love it that she's done this. I love it. I love it. I want to like I said, send her a bouquet of flowers. I mean, she has just shafted everyone. Seriously, you don't feel sorry. For the Hillary Clinton supporters that are giving Jill Stein money, I think it's great that they were caught out of their money. If they're that stupid, you know what? Maybe they shouldn't go vote. I'm sorry. I think it's wonderful. <laughs> well, I mean, well, and, I, and I've kind of, well, and, 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 you know, in all candor, in all candor and, and transparency, I'm kind of on board for you. I'm kind of on board with you a little bit uh, on that. You know, I mean, she's going to use these people and get and get money for now, here's what I think she should do. Instead of setting up her own foundation, she should have had it where this foundation was used to to, to, um, to fund the Green Party. Not her own personal foundation, which kind of makes it look like, you know, another uh, – appearances are important, you know, whether true or not. Uh, but, I mean, I really think that, um, you know, her setting it up her own – and I, I'll have to learn more about it, to be honest. Uh, but it, I mean, but at least on appearances right now, it looks like you know her setting up. Now she was have a disclaimer like you know all proceeds not used you know towards this end goes towards the promotion of the you know the National Green Party or or something of that nature. You know I I I think I'd be more on board with that. Well, Soros got burned a little bit if he's donating that money, and Hillary got burned because she's lost twice. I love it. I absolutely love it. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I know you guys don't really. Sleep. You don't need to be sorry. The same. I mean, in, in, in part, I mean, in part, I kind of, you know, think, okay, yeah. And I mean, that was one of my initial thoughts too. That's why, you know, I said here, I said, uh, you know, did she sell out to the in, in our description tonight? I ask, and this was part of – this wasn't – the original wasn't, wasn't mine. Uh, this part was from uh, the Free and Equal where they were asking, uh, did she sell out to the DNC and the Soros machine? Uh, that was from them. That's a question they're asking. And, you know, but I put in, you know, or is she trying to raise funds for the Green Party, or, or, or are there other motivations? Uh, now, we got we to take all the different things she's been doing together. Uh, when 
you know, I mean, I'm confused because it seemed like, you know, she was more uh, supportive of Trump than she was Hillary, and then she's coming back. And that's one thing, well, maybe she just was maybe going to try to get front, uh, funds to the Green Party. Uh, but, you know, now that she's got this organization I'm hearing from, her organization, uh, maybe not. And then hearing, you know, what her and Gary Johnson did, and to be honest, it doesn't really surprise me about Gary Johnson. Sorry, Kelly. Um, well, I know you really didn't like it all that much anyway. At least I think you didn't. But, well, I, uh, I, you know. Well, uh, all right, all right, all right, all right. The reason why. I invoked your name. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Kelly. I invoked your name. Kind of like debate. Yeah. You, you get the answer if I someone invokes your name. Go ahead. All right, thank you. Um, well, Gary Johnson is, first of all, he's not a true libertarian. Yes, I met him in person at one of the libertarian national conventions. Yes, he seemed at the time in 12 like a pretty decent fellow. He actually cared, but he has since kind of gone, I don't know what. Some some other libertarians are suspicious of his mountain climbing experience. His brain was robbed of oxygen, and that's why he's turning out the way he is. <laughs> but I, I, I voted for... Um, Really, more I, I voted for the Libertarian Party more than Johnson when I voted for Johnson. Um, my first pick was well, the primary was Austin Peterson, but you know he just kept bringing up the Constitution, and I'm like, okay, wow, there you go, good guy. So it's you know, the Libertarian Party is much much closer to the Constitution, um, way much closer than um, the Republicans and the Democrats. So of course, oh, yeah. the Constitution. And then there's an independent party, but I don't know. I just met a number of libertarians, and I went with it. So anyway, that's just that's kind of why I, you know, my confession about Gary Johnson has helped grow the party. Yeah, and I, I mean, you think when I did uh, the exit poll here, I mean, he he was uh, he was in third, you know, came in third place, tied with other, uh, but I mean, he still got maybe three percent of the people here. Uh, that you know, I mean, I pulled that, you know, that out actually. I think I still have it here with me somewhere. Gary Johnson got 2.3 of the vote in my exit poll that I had here, uh, and I think and Jill Stein got 1.3 uh, percent. Yeah, you did. kind of close, you, I think, to even the national averages. Now you you did uh, you did an exit poll. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? Oh, well, yeah. you know, it's, I mean, it's non-scientific, to be honest, and, and those results were, all, were only from the results of the people who, uh, you know, of course, participated. And basically the, there was one question one question only, and that was who they voted for president. And, you know, they told me, and, uh, you know, and I just I jotted it down and, you know, made accounts, got the mic percentages uh, of how many people. Uh, I think I got, you know, it wasn't a large sample. I think uh, the sample was, Let's see if I could bring the numbers here. Uh, 220 people. So that was the sample size. Just 220 people. Do you know what percentage participated? You know what? That's a very good question. I probably should have kept track of that. Um, Now, I would say about 50% of the people uh, participated. I'd say 50% of the people uh, participated in the poll. Well, cool, because your your statistical confidence level should be over 90%, plus or minus a couple percent, when you have a 50% uh, participant. Well, well, you should probably be at a 94, 95% confidence level from your sample. So, well, you know, so, I mean, Trump crushed it, yeah. but, I'm, I'm, you know, I was in a pretty conservative area of it. 
Yeah. Well, you. Uh, well, you, can we trust you? Did you rig the election? By the way, uh, did I tell you that I rigged an election? <laughs> did I did I tell you that I rigged an nah, election? You, election? That, well, you rigged an election in Ashland, Oregon. Yes, I did. This is uh, before the election, actually. Well, I was on a construction site, and the con- I'm walking across the parking lot. The contractor comes out of the porta potty, and he goes, "I just voted for Hillary." <laughs> we both bust up laughing, and then I, and then uh, he says, "Now, don't you go in there and turn that into a voting booth." So above the urinal, I wrote, "Vote Hillary," <laughs> arrow down. Above the toilet, you know, "Vote Trump," arrow down. Well, guess what happened? I realized five minutes later, I rigged an election because more men use the urinal than they. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> well, watch out, NSA. NSA Bob might be uh, listening in. And I reached out to oh, Dan the other day. We we chatted very briefly, but uh, we haven't we haven't really talked much on on that. But let's go ahead and bring you back into our. Uh, well, real, real quick, let's go ahead. I don't want to leave uh, Susan with any thoughts, and we're going to bring it back to you, uh, John. Uh, Susan, was there anything else you want to add before we bring John back in? Um, no, I I'm I'm sorry. I feel, feel so gleeful. I feel sorry for your guest because obviously. It affected her in a bad way with what Ms. Stein did, and I do feel sorry for her. That's not a laughing matter. <clears throat> but uh, you know, everything. Well, actually, I think she's more upset about the, her not doing the debate as she said she was. She was with the. Um, I mean, I'm just that's just my take. I think she was more upset about her not keeping her word uh, with the debate than than she was with right. the. Um, you know, with the recount. And all that. Well, I think. Sometimes they, knowing from my calling, I mean, I get some responses, quite a few, but not on everything, because we have to realize that our senators and them, they're going to try to respond to some things, but not to everything. And I I hope they respond to some things, because I really do pounce on them sometimes. Uh, But on the other hand, I would rather have them reading all those bills, and it does take hours, as Rand Paul said. You don't even get time sometimes. Um, so they vote right, then calling me or messaging me personally. But that's why they have staffers. But I don't think the staffers always get to it either, um, which is why I call, because at least I know on a personal level I can talk to them and interact, where messaging sometimes I don't feel I do. Um, so we do have to give them the benefit of the doubt. It doesn't always <clears> – <throat> we're not always going to get that interpersonal – reaction with their busyness you know i mean i don't want them getting sick and dying on me because they've stayed up 24 7 uh so i i think we have to give them a little leeway okay i know i'm being too nice but still um i i feel that is yeah yes you are and just real (laughs) quick i see it's about five minutes to the hour so i want to remind folks you are on the line to not lose so if you're on a cell phone if it needs charged plug that charger up to it or what have you, because if uh, you drop your call after the next five minutes, unfortunately, you will not be able to call back in. Uh, so make sure that those uh, phones are charged, uh, which the show will be going on. It's what uh, is our extended period, or what we sometimes lovingly call Bard's Logic After Dark. So just make sure that uh, you don't get, uh, and I, you know, don't get dropped on the call. And if you'd like to chime in, just push the one on your number dial. Do you see some callers listening in? We appreciate it. Uh, also, uh, we'd appreciate it if you share the link 
that you have with us or visit uh, the website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. Uh, definitely check out the pages there. Uh, one of the feature pages, you know, on uh, the website is our uh, Bards Logic newsroom, where you'll find a lot of good uh, photos and and art links to articles and uh, videos and things of that nature. And it's not one of the featured ones, but if you scroll down, um, you know, and I might actually, you know, at some point change it to be the featured one, but you can find uh, an article which shows Dobbs, Romney tried foreign policy during 2012, and it was a disaster. And so I'm probably going to read that article soon uh, because I want us to uh, – that's another part of tonight's conversation – uh, is about the possibility of Romney being the Secretary of State, which would be absolutely awful in, in my estimation. Um, I think, uh, again, is, this would be Trump. And I'm going to be quite verbal at that rally uh, that I'm going to be at tomorrow night, uh, or, you know, you know Trump's uh, thank you tour. I'm going to be quite verbal in my discontent with uh, the possibility of Romney being uh, the Secretary of State. I just hope I don't get thrown out. Uh, for my uh, enthusiasm for it. <laughs> Don't get my name. <laughs> yes, you can agree with me. Hold her off too. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not happy with a lot. I'm not happy with a lot of his picks. I know. Um, I know you, uh, Kelly, are ex- was excited about his Jeff Sessions for AG. Um, which yeah, I, I mean, I, like- I can accept that. It's not a surprise. But let, let's go ahead and on, on our audio. Uh, let's go ahead and bring John back in, and we can bring things around. We've got about an hour left uh, on the show, so let's go ahead and do that, and then we'll get, we'll get into our other topic. Uh, so let's go ahead and, and finish this part of the show's topic out uh, with you, John. Well, as far as Miss Stein and the recount, I think that I'm kind of in the sense of what Miss Tobin was saying, thinking it's a moot point because – if you don't get integrity with everything, you know, the the chain of custody integrity issue dealt with at the precinct, once the ballots leave the precinct, all the integrity and everything for a recount is lost. So you're actually spending money for nothing. And there's probably several places throughout the nation that they don't even have the means to go back and recount the ballots to verify anything anyway. So it's going to be a moot point. But if, she was going at it in a way that wanted to actually help, you know, reveal all the problems with the system and every point that could be fixed, and that was the issue other than just a recount, then it would be more worthy. The good point, like Miss Susan was saying, is, or from my perspective in another angle on what Miss Susan was saying, is that at least with all these people making a dust-up about wanting to recount and stuff, they are actually reinforcing the fact that Donald Trump was right, it's a rigged system, and they're giving it more attention, so hopefully this attention will actually get more people on board to make sure that we do something about getting integrity in our system and get to the details. That's all good and well. Now, as far as Mr. Trump and all these picks... The only person I know that he's picked so far that's not a Washington, D.C. insider is Stephen Bannon. So I'm very discouraged in that sense. So I'm like going, gee whiz, I mean, I could stomach, you know, whenever he talked about having, what what was his name, Uh, Jeff Sessions, 
you know, and then I stomach my pants, even though, remember, well, I told real, you. Real quick, uh, real quick, uh, John, real quick, I have to interrupt. You got about uh, a few seconds to call in, folks, uh, to be part of the extended period, you know, whether you want to listen in or whether you know, I want to welcome you, uh, Heat Seeker, into the chat. Uh, Cindy, I'm glad to see you in the chat as well. I haven't had a chance to, to check the chat for a while. Uh, but give us a call at 347-945-7428. Uh, we also had uh, a Daryl who was uh, in there with some kind of test, and I, I, I missed that as well, unfortunately. I apologize for that. Um, and it says here, Cindy Todd said earlier, says there are 3,141 counties in the United States. Trump won 3,084 of them. Clinton won uh, 57. There are 62 counties in that. But anyway, uh, give us a call at 347-945-7428. Uh, and I know you got to go, Susan. So if you want to make uh, some closing comments, and then I'll bring it back to you, John. I apologize for the interruption, but I had to get that out. Um, and if you're listening to the archives, uh, uh, Derry or Daryl Pat, I apologize for that if you missed it. I, w- I wish would have checked that earlier. Uh, but go ahead, uh, Susan. I know you got to go, and then we'll bring in uh, that. And Cindy, if you could call up, it's probably too late for people to call in. Darn it, I hate that. Go ahead, Susan. Well, I was going to have you tell Cindy hi, and I always appreciate when she posts in the group. And um, I always enjoy Kelly's thoughts, and I thought that was so cute when he called me Miss Susan. It's <laughs> polite and cute. That's that's really nice. Um, but anyway, uh, that I sent you that thing on the Pope. Uh, warning Trump. And hey, Susan, I'm having trouble hearing you. Uh, I said the thing with the Pope, uh, I sent it to Robert, and uh, hopefully he can post it or tell you guys that he is giving a warning to Trump to do this and this and this and not back away from the Paris climate deal. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? I think he's been drinking too much papal wine. But... um <laughs> um, well, you know, <laughs> I mean, what else? It's, it's it's stupid. It's just stupid. He doesn't have any business. Get back to his forgiving sins and whatever all he does. Um, but what I was saying was um, that I like I always like Kelly stuff, and and I think it was <laughs> you called me Miss Susan. Uh, yeah, that was sweet and cute and very polite. I enjoyed that. Thank you, John. Oh, John. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, well, you have two or three guys on there and sometimes the names. <laughs> All right, I'll remember that. John. John, call me Miss Susan. Thank you. That's very, that's very, very sweet. And I always enjoy what you say, too. Uh, so, anyway, I got to we'll go. See, and we'll see you next week. We'll be talking more about the picks uh, next week, Susan, and, and moving forward with things on that. Okay. Yeah, uh, you hit him hard. Like I said, please don't give out my name. Give out Kelly's. <laughs> I don't want to go to see the camp. I have enough trouble, so it'll probably haul me away anyway. Black Bombers will be coming for me. <laughs> so, anyway, you guys have a good good night. Take care. Good night. You too. Okay. Well, it looks like it's just going to – it's just up gentlemen. Uh, and then whoever else wants uh, to chime in, uh, who's on the call, just push the one on your number dial. Uh, we'll get in, but we do appreciate you, you, you know, still being here and listening with us. And so let me go ahead and play that uh, play, but I'll be reading uh, 
this article here, uh, and this is from uh, rickwells.us. Hey, you going to let me pick up where I left off? Oh, yeah, Ty, so sorry, John. Yeah, go ahead. I was so ready to, to move on with the Romney thing, but, yeah, you go ahead. I apologize. Well, it is your show, so you can do what you like. No, 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 John. No, it's our show. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if I'd go that far, but anyway. Well, no, I, it's, I it's, it's, it's called Bart's Logic. It's a grassroots We the People show. It's not my show. It's uh, your show. It's our show. So that's uh, the way it's going to be, John. No, anyway, I'm just checking with you, but go ahead. <laughs> well, I. Just once I got started, I was really hoping, you know, wanted to complete the cycle of my thoughts. And so that's what no, I apologize. I, could, yeah, I, I had to get those uh, programming I, notes out. Go ahead. If, if I'd have never started talking about it, then it wouldn't have been no big deal. But since I started, I thought, oh, man, I got to finish telling what I was trying to say. But anyway. No, go on a roll. I, I was pointing out the fact that I'm kind of bummed out that. Donald Trump is surrounding himself basically with all the Washington, D.C. insiders now. The only person that I see on the list so far that I've noticed is Steve Bannon, that's outsider. Because even though I could stomach Jeff Sessions and Mike Pence, and if he did pick Newt Gingrich, you know, I've kind of warmed up to Newt Gingrich the last several months throughout this campaign process, that that was something I could stomach. But now that I'm seeing Mitt Romney and John Bolton and Nikki Haley and all these other people, Bob Corker, I'm like Tom Price. I mean, gee whiz, he is just asking for a beatdown. Basically, here's what I'm kind of predicting, and this is kind of going back to when I first pushed the button to talk way back at the beginning of the show whenever Kelly was talking about how uh, Miss. Well, my take is that the, all of these Washington establishment people up in there rent rent whatever, Reince Priebus or however you pronounce his name, he's going to just get all the establishment people in there as much as he can. And then once Trump gets elected, you go back to the Constitution and uh, Amendment 25, basically if he does any little thing at all, they're going to impeach him so then they can get Pence to move up and then they'll replace him and just get him completely out of the system. Because it's look at Amendment 25. It gives them that privilege. If the rest of the people in the Congress and the, you know Senate and House and stuff get determined that he's not qualified, or for whatever reason he's in an impeachable situation, which you know he's got a lot of conflicts of interest he's got to deal with too right now, then they're going to up and try to maneuver any time they can to. Get him out of there so then they can have all of their Washington establishment Republicans in charge of every aspect of our government. And that's just the sad part to me. And I'm like going, how in the world is he actually going to be able to protect himself if he continues to all of these people? I mean, why can't like when we were talking last time? Why can't he look at Corey Lewandowski or you know Laura Ingram or Ben Carson, Kellyanne mm-hmm. Conway? Those people we know are outside, but some of these other people. Well, I know he's looking at Laura Ingram for a communication uh, a communication director. Well, yeah, but I mean, he's he's not really pushing it. And like Elaine Chow being Mitch McConnell's um, wife. And she's going to be over the yeah. transportation. And Mitch McConnell's still going to be a majority leader in the Senate. I mean, what? A, there's another conflict of interest 
I mean, it's just yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. So, to me, Trump is just asking for a beatdown one way or the other, and he doesn't seem to be covering his back as if he doesn't really care or something. I don't know. It's just frustrating to me. But anyway, I was wanting to make that point that he needs to really look out and get people that actually will be behind him. And remember, from the beginning of us talking about this, I'm not a Trump fan. But once now he's in presidency and he's my president, I want him to fulfill all of his obligations. None of this stuff about the virtual wall or, you know, I want him to build the doggone wall of China all the way around the whole country. And yeah. Protect yeah. For radar and technology and everything for underground seismic activity to find out if they're building tunnels or whatever. And I want and and you know this nonsense about um, him wanting to change the rules or so, kind of like fade back and stuff, or not be as strict as he was during the campaign. And let things slide, mm-hmm. like you were saying earlier about Miss o- o- um, Clinton. All she's asking for is anarchy, because you're sowing the seeds of favoritism. And as long as we don't work by mutual assent, where we all mutually agree to hold ourselves in true obedience to the principles of the Constitution that we all accept, we're going to fight, because force begets force. And as long as you tell the police officers to go enforce your laws, and you don't get the buy-in of the people that you're forcing to be under those laws, those people will revolt at some time, and force begets force, lest we destroy each other with anarchy. The same system since the beginning of man. We're repeating the um, mentality of Great Britain, King George, using the foot soldiers like Paul, and we've talked this several times, but it's worth repeating because who knows who's listening today that weren't listening in the shows before. We all need to learn how to agree on the issues that we will hold ourselves in true obedience to, because that's the only things that we're going to actually uphold. Because no laws that are passed that I don't agree with, I could care less whether you passed them or not. And and you want to define the Constitution the way you want to define the Constitution, it don't mean squat to me. My inalienable right to protect myself means I don't have to register a weapon, and I can use any weapon I can get my hands on to protect my interests, and that includes my right to self-determined self-governance. Thank you. Back to you in the studio, Robert. Well, thank you very much, John. And I'm going to... Since we're moving on to uh, the you know the picks, yeah, definitely ones. Now Nikki Haley, I was really I was you know upset about that, so I feel like I think he just gave that to her to get him out of her hair or his hair, especially and to show how much he disrespects uh, the UN. I did read an article and uh, and I uh, you know agree with. (laughs) I think that might be what that is. Uh, I mean, I understand Priebus. I don't agree with it, but I understand it because I mean him being. Uh, the chief of staff is, is kind of a natural progression for, you know, someone to be, you know, the party chairman and then to be the, the, the chief of staff of the, uh, you know, the president, you know, of that party is kind of a natural progression for that. Um, those are the only ones running. And then Jeff Sessions, you know, if, if Kelly's happy about the Jeff Session pick, I think I could be happy about that too. Um, and then, but, but the other ones, eh, not so much. And then with Romney, the two things I'm going to do here is one, I'm going to read that article uh, about that. And then I've got uh, kind of a montage 
Uh, now it's a long one. It's about a nine-minute video or audio clip, but I call it. It says "Liberal Myths Greatest Hits," and it's one of the audios that I had probably back in 2012 uh, when we were kind of rambling about him being uh, the nominee. Uh, for president. And so, you know, I think the same thing still holds. I don't think uh, the guys really changed all that much, if at all. Uh, but first, and we'll, we'll play that as well, because I mean, oh my gosh, Rock. Anyway, so here's the uh, from uh, rickwells.us uh, Lou Dobbs, Romney tried foreign policy during a 2012 run. It was a disaster. So Lou Dobbs helps put what seems like a more difficult task than necessary for Donald Trump into perspective the selection of Secretary of State. Dobbs says, the Trump team reportedly torn somewhat. One candidate for the job spent his energy boosting Mr. Trump on the campaign trail that, of course, is Rudy Giuliani. Dobbs points out that there is another who spent all his energy attacking and undercutting him. That man is Governor Mitt Romney, who exhibited far more energy in his attacks against Trump than he ever displayed in his own run for presidency back in 2012. What kind of Secretary of State would he make? We do, in fact, have some indication, Dobbs said, of just how Romney might perform as Secretary of State. In 2012, he campaigned for the presidency. He decided to go on a big international trip. Here's how that went. First stop, London. Mr. Romney began his gas-filled adventure in London. He decided to first criticize London's preparations for the London uh, Olympic Games, if you can believe that. Note, uh, Dobbs notes, Romney actually said that the Brits' construction plans and the Brits' timetable just weren't encouraging, as he put it. He said there were disconcerting signs, rather omnibus or you know, ominous. I can't even say that today. You know what I'm talking about, don't you think? Uh, his comment earned Romney a, a broadside attack from London's officials and tabloids, stinging and strong rebukes from all sorts of officials including London's mayor. Romney never found his footing. At one point, he appeared to forget the name of the Labor Party leader. Dobb plays a clip showing Romney doing exactly that, also one in which he uh, blabbed about having met with the leader of MI6. Uh, Mr. Dobbs says that Romney went on to Israel and Poland following his blunder-laden London experience, and had similar experiences there. Dobbs recalls that, quote, when Romney returned home, he was widely panned for what turned out to be a disastrous venture into diplomacy. It turned out to be something of a sad trial run. Wouldn't you say? Well, I do. Uh, shall we say that we have several disconcerting signs, Mr. Dobbs? And so that's uh, on that article. And so at this point, uh, I'm going to play the montage of that we have here of liberal myths greatest hits again uh we'll keep the mics open uh so while we play this uh you'll be able you know just if it's going to be any background noise uh just kind of uh hit the mute on your button so here we go and probably give us more reasons why uh besides this article we just wrote and the gaps that he's had in 2012 why Mitt romney should not be the secretary of state regards to my views with regards to protecting a woman's right to choose, and I've been very clear on that. 
I will preserve and protect a woman's right to choose and am devoted and dedicated to honoring my word in that regard. I will not change any provisions of Massachusetts's pro-choice laws. Now, I want the voters to know exactly where I'm going to stand as governor, and that is I am not going to change our pro-choice laws in Massachusetts in any way. I will preserve them, I will protect them, I will enforce them, and therefore I'm not going to make any changes which would make it more difficult for a woman uh, to make that choice herself. Any response? Mitt Romney isn't pro-choice, he's not anti-choice, he's multiple choice. I believe that abortion should be safe and legal in this country. I have since the time that my mom took that position when she ran in 1970 as a U.S. Senate candidate. I believe that since Roe v. Wade has been the law for 20 years, that we should sustain and support it. And I sustain and support that law and the right of a woman to make that choice. Look, I was an independent during the time of Reagan-Bush. I'm not trying to return to Reagan-Bush. My positions don't talk about things that you suggest they talk about. This isn't a political issue. I believe that public companies and federal agencies should be required to report in their annual 10K the number of minorities and women by income group within the company so we can identify where the glass ceiling is and break through it. Do you believe that there should be a, a, a timetable in withdrawing the troops? Well, there's no question but that the President and, uh, and, and Prime Minister Al-Maliki uh, have to have a series of timetables and milestones that they speak about. He's talking about a 700, 750 billion dollar economic stimulus package. Uh, he wants it to be passed uh, as soon as possible. It's unclear if whether it can be passed before he, he's inaugurated on January 20th. What do you think about this proposal? Well, I, I frankly wish that uh, the last Congress would have dealt with the stimulus issue and that the president could have signed that before leaving office. Uh, I think there is need for economic stimulus. Uh, Americans have lost about $11 trillion in net worth. Uh, that translates into about uh, $400 billion a year less spending that they'll be doing, and that's net of additional uh, government programs like Medicaid and unemployment insurance. And, uh, and government can help make that up in a, in a very difficult time, and that's one of the reasons why I think a stimulus program is needed. Reaction now from former presidential candidate and former Massachusetts Governor Mitt Romney. Tim Geithner's argument and, 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 and Mr. Bernanke's argument has been if we didn't do that then, uh, we would have been in a free-fall meltdown. Do you agree with that? Well, first of all, if the money's being paid back, which it is, we didn't waste a lot of money right then. That was an investment made to try and keep a collapse of our entire financial system from occurring. And, and I think that's the case. I think had President Bush and Secretary Paulson and Ben Bernanke not pushed for a, a TARP-type program, we were going to be in a free fall that would cause the collapse of not just a few banks in Wall Street, but banks all over the country, killing uh, not only a few jobs, but all the jobs in this country. That's what we were facing. And the TARP program kept that from occurring. 
uh, TARP got paid back, and it kept the financial system from collapsing. So you feel it was well worth it? Well, it was the right thing to do. Would you agree with Thomas Jefferson that the strongest reason for the people to retain the right to keep and bear arms is that the last resort to protect themselves from tyranny and government? Um, I don't know that that's highly relevant today, but, but certainly uh, that's, a, that's a legal reason for being able to keep a firearm, and I believe the people ought to be able to have a firearm to protect themselves, I believe, in the Second Amendment. In that case, why did you vote in favor of the Brady Bill and the assault weapons ban? I didn't actually vote. Well, I beg your pardon, why did you yeah. support them? Yeah. Well, you have come up publicly saying that you supported the assault weapons ban and the Brady Bill. Yeah, uh, and, and will you give the microphone back to the guy? How many more questions? Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, my final question is, you don't understand the intent of the Constitution. How can you be trusted to defend it? Who will defend it from you? Okay, thank you. Let me answer the question. And that is that with regards to the assault weapon ban in Massachusetts, that we had come forward, which is an extension of the assault weapon ban, we do have tough gun laws in Massachusetts. I support them. I won't chip away at them. I believe they help protect us and provide for our safety. Let me bring you back once again to the, uh, the question of immigration. There's a lot of negotiation that's, that's going to have to take place and give and take on issues of that nature. For me, the, 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 uh, the central issue is that, that, uh, uh, that people who are here illegally should be able to, should not be prohibited, should be able to apply for permanent residency or citizenship. That should not be prohibited. Governor Deval Patrick is asking the feds for $450 million to bail out Massachusetts Universal Health Care now. They say they can't meet their expenses unless the feds, and that means people in Idaho are paying for base staters to get health care. No, that wrong? No, actually, from the very beginning, the plan was a 50-50 deal between, between the federal government and the state government. Okay, so the it feds was fund half of it. The feds fund half of it. They have from the very beginning. In, in Massachusetts, since the health care has been signed into law, emergency rooms have, costs have risen 17% in the last two years. So the myth, and I think it's a myth, that this emergency thing will go down when you have Obamacare, it's not proven in Massachusetts. Emergency room things are up. Well, I'll, I'll look at the emergency room numbers. Okay. But uh, look, but I, I'm, but, I'm not here to sure. do, do a gotcha with you, but there's another stat that's fascinating <laughs> as well. Um, Massachusetts has the highest per capita health care costs in the union, yeah. in the nation. And it did before the bill was passed, too. But so is it supposed to bring the cost down? No, no. What no, it's not. Did, you know me. I'm a simple man, okay? Yeah, you right, say you solved right. the problem in the state, but you're depending on 50% of your funding from the feds. As we, did, like, as, hey. as we did from the beginning. Okay, we, I'm as, just telling you, I don't know did. if you solved the problem with no, the people in Idaho no, solved Health care costs in Massachusetts were high before the bill that got people insured, and they're high afterwards. They're the highest. It, they were the highest before, and they're the highest afterwards. it didn't bring them down. No, it did not bring them down. Right. Analysts say Romney Care is basically Obamacare minus the public option. If the president drops the public option, will you come out and support him? Well, it depends on what's in the rest of the bill. Back in 09, when we asked the former governor about that, we that mandate, he defended it. Coverage. But it is a mandate. Uh, it's a kind of mandate. It's a requirement. And it's a requirement. In order to get a tax exemption uh, that you'd normally get, you've got to have health insurance because we want everybody in the system. No more free riders. Democrats already have clips like that queued up for 2012. To choose, choose, mandate and, and in choose Massachusetts, to. although you've backed away from mandates on a national basis. No, no, I, I like mandates. 
of the man the demanded work. Beg your pardon. Here was, <laughs> let me, I let didn't me, know you were going to admit let me, that. Oh, absolutely. You like mandates. Let me tell you what kind of mandates I like, Fred. <clears throat> which is this: if the ones person, you come up with. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with uh, Mitt Romney, who recently said he's proud of what he accomplished on health care in Massachusetts. We're going to bring it over to you, Kelly. Uh, you've got some uh, words on the audio clip, and we'll uh, move uh, forward from there. And uh, you know, that didn't have a lot to do with what you know, maybe a Secretary of State was going to do, maybe a little bit. But it does kind of tell you, you know, where Romney is at, what his mindset is, and uh, I dare say even his ideology. And so <laughs> that's something that he wants to bring around the world. But go ahead, Kelly. Well, first of all, Robert, did you find? did you put that clip together? Uh, no, I did not. Well, I, I don't know. I think maybe I, – I, I can't remember. I I, well, I don't know if I yeah. had it originally or if I put that together. I mean, I, I've had that clip for probably about four years, so I can't remember. I remember. Okay. Well, the reason why I ask is because you, if you did, it must have been a lot of hard work before I asked my next question. What the hell are we doing playing these clips on this show? I can't stand the Romulan. I mean, my gosh. Um I would love to see a debate against him. I would love to. I would love to see a debate where there's Mitt Romney versus Mitt Romney. Uh, well, it's not really. Well, he did. That was Mitt Romney well, versus Obama. <laughs> but, you know, I couldn't tell the two apart. But you know, oh, there's kind of a mandate on healthcare. Well, he had his mandate. I like mandates. Really? Are you a dictator? All right. Um, Obama likes him. Oh boy. Um, let's see. Tarp, troubled asset. Uh, uh, the TARP program, bail out the banks. Oh, I think it was the right thing to do. Yes, the stimulus. Yeah, for who? The corporations? Oh, my gosh. I remember in the okay. debate. I've got real quick, Kelly. I've got to play this because I think the timing is great with what you just said about about uh, about Romney. And, uh, well, just listen. You know what I'm talking about. Mr. President, just how different are you from Governor Romney? <laughs> Uh, now, let me be clear. Uh, I agreed with Governor Romney on many things. For instance, abortion. He was pro-choice most of his adult life. So was I. But he changed his position uh, when he became presidential candidate Romney. Uh, hold on. Now, let's take guns. <laughs> now, Governor Romney and I, uh, we were in complete agreement on gun control. Uh, now, that is, until he changed his mind. But, but I... And on health care, well... Uh, I was so inspired by Romneycare you know, that I nationalized it and called it Obamacare. Whoa, whoa. But now presidential candidate Romney against the individual mandate and universal health care. I agreed with Governor Romney on many things. But this presidential candidate Romney, I don't even know the guy. Then again, uh, he doesn't seem to know himself. Oh, come on. Governor Romney? Getting our teacher is responsible for the content of this message. I had to play that. That makes me laugh every. I've had that since 2012 as well, and that makes me laugh every time I I, I say it. God, sorry about the interruption, Kelly. Go ahead. I just had to play that. All right. Well, we we could do these uh, Romney debate himself all night. Um, I mean, he would always win. That's what one thing that happens with these master debaters is they always win when they debate themselves. All right. So. He's tough on gun laws in Massachusetts, but I, I believe in gun rights. It's like, okay, I remember one of the funniest things in 2012 during the primary, the Republicans, of course, you know, I like Ron Paul, and 
Somebody asked uh, Romney a, a question about the Constitution, and he says, gee, I don't know. Maybe we should ask our constitutionalist. And he looks over at Ron Paul. Yeah, I remember that. Ron Paul. It's like, dude, this is the highest law on the land. If you don't freaking know the Constitution, what the beep are you doing running for president? And now they're thinking about having him as Secretary of State. Ah, ah, bad, yeah. bad, bad puppy, Trump. You're a bad puppy right now. Oh, I yield. Oh, and here, and here, yeah. actually, there's, uh, I guess, some audio, uh, and I think this is telling. I know, you know, we're playing a lot of audio here, but this is, um, and I don't even know if this is pertaining to when he was in London, but this says Romney in London. These are some audio clips uh, for it. And so let's go ahead and, uh, you know, let's see if this has some of those gas in there. Mitt Romney would go to London and decide to start criticizing how they're running the Olympic Games. I mean, what's he going to do in Israel? Look around and go, you know what? I'm a tad bit worried I think, about I, I think the Palestinians, the Palestinians probably should have all of Jerusalem. I mean, and then what's he going to do in Poland? Uh, Say Hitler was right. No, you don't do this. What's he going to do, Polish what, jokes? What, what's he doing? Be uh, a Polish joke uh, in, in uh, Poland. All right. Oh, boy, well, what a... What that, a Stumble yesterday. That was a big stumble. That's our lead story this morning, and obviously it has an Olympic connection, so we'll go to Willie Geist in London for that. Willie. Mika, i got to show you a couple of papers this morning. The covers are all, of course, about the opening ceremony, but inside the Daily Mail, who invited party pooper Romney? Oh, no. That's the, that's the headline there. It's just, it's another the of the newspapers, the London Times says, Nowhere man Romney loses his way with gaff about the games. They're taking this awfully personally over here, outraged over the comment Mitt Romney made to Brian Williams in an interview uh, a couple of nights ago. The Daily Mail headline also, Romney's terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day in London. From well, the Guardian's Lord. website, Mitt, Rom Mitt Romney's Olympic blunder stuns number 10 and hands gift to Obama. The headline's all coming in response to this comment made about London's readiness for the games. In the short time you've been here in London, do they look ready to your experienced eye? You know, it's hard to know just how well it will turn out. Will turn out. There are a few things that were disconcerting. The stories about the uh, private security firm not having enough people. Uh, the su supposed strike of the immigration and customs officials. That obviously is not something which is encouraging. Because in the games, there, there are three parts that make games successful. Number one, of course, are the athletes. That's what overwhelmingly the games are about. Number two are the volunteers. And They'll have great volunteers here, but number three are the people of the of the country. Do they come together and celebrate the Olympic moment? And that's something which we only find out once the games actually begin. So Prime Minister David Cameron caught wind of that remark and shot back during a news conference here in Olympic Park yesterday. I think we'll show the whole world not just that we come together as a United Kingdom, uh, but also we're extremely good at welcoming people uh, from across the world. So I'll obviously make those points to uh, Mitt Romney. We are holding an Olympic Games in one of the busiest, most active, bustling cities anywhere in the world. I mean, of course it's easier if you hold an Olympic Games in the middle of nowhere. Um, so that's a little shot, obviously, at Salt Lake City. The mayor's office in Salt Lake City was listing, issuing a statement of its own. Quote, David Cameron can stop by any time. We'd love to have him. Happy to send a map so he doesn't run into any trouble locating the middle of nowhere. That's from the mayor of Salt Lake City. The diplomatic tension didn't end there. With the Olympic torch arriving in Hyde Park yesterday, 
to a gathering of about 60,000 people. Some said it was 75, 80,000. London's mayor, Boris Johnson, used Romney's comments to fire up the crowd. There are some people who are coming from around the world who don't yet know about all the preparations we've done to get London ready in the last seven years. I hear there's a guy, there's a guy called Mitt Romney who wants to know whether, whether we're ready. He wants to know whether we're ready. Are we ready? Are we ready? Yes, we are. Then things really got awkward because Romney still had a meeting with Prime Minister Cameron on the schedule. So he spent the rest of the day walking back his original comment to Brian, hoping to smooth things over. Governor, did you intend to criticize the way London has prepared for these games? I'm very delighted with the prospects of a uh, highly successful Olympic Games. Uh, what I've seen shows uh, uh, imagination and forethought and a lot of organization and expect the games to be highly successful. Of course there will be uh, errors from time to time, uh, but those are all overshadowed by the extraordinary demonstrations of, of uh, courage, character, and determination by the athletes. You know, Willie, we have a rule here. You don't, you never compare anybody to, like, Hitler or Nazi. But, I mean, you know, Jesse Owens had Hitler to run against in 1936, and now it looks like all of these <laughs> London politicians have Mitt Romney to, uh, to run against. Can you believe Boris uh, gets in front, the mayor gets in front of this huge crowd and is using Mitt Romney as the red meat to throw out? <laughs> so, folks, if this guy can't even go to London, one of our allies, supposedly our staunchest ally, and he can't even handle that. What makes you think, come on, you know, that he's going to be able to go to foreign countries, you know, that are our enemies and be the chief diplomat of the United States of America? Who thinks that this guy who can't even handle that while running for president is going to be able to handle high-stress situations as the Secretary of State? in front of hostile leaders and, and, and uh, hostile, uh, you know, diplomats. Uh, unbelievable. Well, what do you think, Kelly? And then we're going to bring it to you, John. Or we'll do this backwards. What do you think, John? And then we'll bring it over to you, Kelly. Well, I don't know what to think. That was, a, I mean, I'm with Kelly in the sense that I just can't stand Romney. I mean, as far as my leader, I mean, I'm going to respect him as my equal, as an equal citizen. And he has, you know, his right to do his thing and be who he wants to be. But as far as me me supporting him or having him a part of the Trump administration, I think he's just one that would help hang Trump as soon as Trump gets into office. Once Trump takes the <laughs> yeah. when he gets into office, all these de other people he's putting around him, they're going to find every opportunity, like I said earlier, to impeach him or something so they can hang him, get him out, and Pence be moved up. But anyway, I well, don't and, care. And, 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 and from my understanding, Trump, I mean, Trump, Pence was, uh, you know, Paul Ryan's pick. What do you think, Kelly? Do I have you on I there? On, I, yeah, I'm here. I was on mute before. Sorry about that. I, I'm just, I am just so. Oh, no, that's um, okay. I, I, I just, I just obviously, um, how many times do I have to say this? I do not like the Romulan. I cannot believe the Republican Party picked him as the golden child in 2012. And 
and I'm, I'm even having a bigger struggle with the fact that um, after they, it was the whole thing with the coronation for Romney to run against Obubu. Oh yeah. Well, then, and and then they were they were cheating Ron Paul people left and right all the way to the convention. That's convinced anything possible because they had to have a coronation to have. And, and then the Republicans lost to Obama. You think? And then the Republicans had the galls to start blaming people like Ron Paul and me. Like, well, he went third party. He never went third party. It's unbelievable. I mean, Romney belongs in some high tower or some high tower dungeon. I just, I'm, I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm just ranting now. Well, okay, here's, I, here's my, you know, if there, there was, there were a group of folks, and, and I think there, you know, this is a possibility that the reason why the, I mean, and you know, guys, you know, you know, I said from the beginning in 2012 that Romney had no shot whatsoever. Uh, of, of beating uh, Obama, and you know, but they, but yet they did, as you pointed out, you know, coordinate him to that position. Now there are some are contending, and I do see the logic in that, where they they knew that the RNC knew that he couldn't beat him, but they put him up anyway because they figured that if you had another four years of Obama, that they would be able to get more uh, more folks in the uh, in the House and Senate, which we know is what happened. So it might have been designed by the RNC to put Romney in there, okay? And so, you know, for that Obama would win again, so they would get more, you know, more folks in the House and Senate, which we know is what happened. Now, here's what I'm contending now. Perhaps they're going to Trump saying, look, you know, Romney played the game in 2012. You know, he played the game for us. You know, we knew he wasn't going to win. We put him in there so we could get more people in the House and Senate. We, you know, we we want to keep uh, Romney in the game, so let's give you know, let's have him be you know your Secretary of State. Uh, that's what I think may be going on, you know, because there's so many meetings with him, and I think your Priebus is trying to push him. Because I mean, Priebus uh, and last night Priebus, Trump and Romney were at were at a dinner together, and so I think that that that, that may be part of the conversations where they're you know saying, hey, look, you know, let's. You know, we got to give him something for him playing ball with us in 2012, and so I, I think those those types of conversations are totally possible. To have had you know, you know, you said that uh, Romney, previous, previous, and Trump were at a dinner together. That reminds me of uh, a joke. Um, a priest, uh, a priest, a prostitute, and a drug dealer walk into a bar together. <laughs> that's the joke. That's, okay. That's the joke? <laughs> so uh, what yeah. makes me wonder, which one's the priest, which one's the prostitute? Let's see. Let me think if I could guess this. Um, well, I, I guess Trump's I, I, presently I, I, the priest in this. The prostitute yeah, oh, I, is... Uh, I don't know. You can I, I, I I'm going to quote Mark Twain here, okay? Mark Twain, who said, uh, politicians and prostitutes, but I repeat myself. <laughs> now, what did you say? A priest, a prostitute, and a, and a who? And a drug dealer. I don't know. I, you know. Okay. Oh, well, then, oh, yeah, but that's easy then. Well, that's easy. You got Trump's the priest, you have Romney's the prostitute, and you have Rom, you have Priebus the drug dealer. <laughs> well, actually, actually, Romney's Mormon, so you might call him the priest. I don't know. The Mormon religion. Nah, I don't. 
Well, I mean, I've studied Mormonism. I find it fascinating because I tell you what, I mean, if if I understand Mormonism the way that I think I do, then, you know, part of me wouldn't mind uh, being a Mormon because I kind of like the idea of, you know, if I do well enough in life that I can have my own planet to run. I mean, that would be pretty cool. I mean, what you like to be in the afterlife and, you know, you're the overseer of, of your own planet. I mean, from my understanding, that's that's what they they get. That's why they strive so hard in, to to be successful in life. And if they're successful in life, they actually get to have their own planet. I would not want to be the ruler of a planet. It's too much responsibility and too much pain to bear. So I would not be a good Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> Another well, well, I mean, I've got another wrong, you know, that was a, a, another Ronnie and London clip. It's only about three minutes. I don't even know if I'll play that one because uh, unfortunately we have about twenty minutes left in the show. We do have some other folks on the line, uh, so if you'd like to chime in, now would be a good time to press that one on your number dial if you'd like to get some comments out. Uh, because in about uh, you know ten minutes, we'll have to be taking closing comments anyway uh, for the show. And so again. Uh, you know, we, we're going to have uh, Trump here in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, for uh, the first city in his uh, Thank You America tour. Um, looking forward to that. Going to be doing some interviews that we'll probably play on the next show, uh, kind of get with their take on, you know, the possibility of having Romney. Now, I did talk to another show, uh, talk show host uh, tonight, or we texted, rather, where he seems to think that uh, there's no way Romney uh, we get it early, or at least there's only a point zero one percent chance uh, that Romney and Harriet uh, in the chat uh, earlier, you know, thinks that you know it'll end up being Giuliani, uh, which I mean I'd prefer Giuliani obviously over uh, over Romney. I mean I don't even know why they're even talking with Romney. I mean they should have just kicked him to the to the wayside, kicked him over to the curb. Um, so, but I don't. I mean. There's no need for him to for you know, no one. I mean, I think even the Republicans have kind of, you know, just your your regular Republicans, you know, the registered Republicans. That's the word I was looking for. Have pretty much written off Romney anyway. Like, yeah, we don't care. We don't need him. He's not significant. And I think that they forgot about him. And I think they, as I said earlier, I think they just want to, you know, give him a bone for, you know, give him a job basically. Uh, for playing ball with them in 2012, you know, and and that's that's what I think might be you know happening if he does. And then there's other other picks, you know, I'm not I'm not particularly uh, you know happy with. I, I but you know I'll reserve uh, the right to, to complain about it. That wasn't the word I was going to use, um, but I, you know to do more research on it. Uh, but we'll definitely be talking more about that. And as I said, I'll be playing those audios from that uh, that rally. We'll see what he has to say. Uh, but I'm going to be – I plan on being vocal about my discontent with the possibility of Romney being uh, Secretary of State. Uh, I'll be voicing that tomorrow, that's for certain. Yeah, I hope uh, Trump listens because I don't want Romney to go any further politically, period. I just – I'm done. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, and, 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 yeah I, I think it's – I think it should be as done as Hillary Clinton for different reasons, but, you know – I mean, well, here's yeah. the thing. I mean, we did some research on him that, you know, he doesn't have it when it comes to building his business. When, when he did the startup for his business, his hands weren't, aren't clean, that's for certain. At least not, not with the reporting that we've done and research we've done on him. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, as you can tell, I really don't like uh, a little bit of bitterness, if you will. Is is there a little bit of bitterness somewhere in uh, what I'm talking about here? Um, <laughs> uh, maybe it's sad. Maybe it's sad. Yeah. yeah, okay. It's 2012. That kind of bitterness is uh, kind of coming out right now. Yeah. <clears throat> well, yeah, I mean, and, and I, and I guess so. I mean, I know that was four years ago, but, I mean, because of him, we could have had what I think would have been one of the most, uh, <clears throat> you know, one of the one of the best presidents of the United States, and I think uh, the RNC that, and you know, and, and Romney, and more so the RNC, you know, took that opportunity away from us. And now, of course, the 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 you know the opportunity we had uh, to have Newt Gingrich as our president, I think, would have been an, an awesome uh, an awesome president. Uh, but you know, unfortunately, that that has passed. And maybe that's why he doesn't want to be a part of administration. Uh, I heard that, uh, you know, he, he, he'd rather be, you know, a, a top advisor uh, when it comes to taking care of government corruption. I know there was a certain title that that Gingrich was talking about him having, but, you know, I can't well, quite recall what that is. Yeah. Yeah. Yesterday on Hannity, Mr. Gingrich was on there. I'm pretty sure it was yesterday. But he was being pressured by Hannity about whether he'd been offered a position, and he pretty much said he's going to be in an advisory role. I mean, just his like Mr. Trump's right arm, helping him decide every kind of issue in every aspect of all governance. So in a way, he's going to get if he does get that position. He's going to get to play president because Donald Trump really doesn't understand the Constitution or the inner workings of how our um, government works to, I mean, the level that he needs to understand. And Mr. Gingrich and Trump are so alike in the policy positions, and Mr. Gingrich having the background and wisdom and knowledge that he has about how the system works, he's going to probably have a very convincing um, statement or argument on every aspect of governance that Trump's going to go, oh, yeah, that's great. Let's do that. I mean, I'm not too that, you know, I don't want to belittle Trump to like he's a nobody. He knows more about the uh, business workings with government than oh, a lot of people. You don't get to be a billionaire with, it, you know, being an idiot. So don't get me wrong. I just don't think he's going to really – um, get enough support from everybody that he's putting around him to be able to fulfill what he's wanting. He's promised he's going to fulfill. And it, you know, like I said before, I think kind of a snake oil salesman that he didn't really intend to try to uphold everything he was talking about anyway. He just wanted to win, just because he's a winner. Anyway. Well, yeah. You know, well, I hope not. I hope you know, because he's already looks like he's broken. Uh, you know, possibly broken a few uh, promises, but we'll. You know, we'll we'll see on that. Um, well, hopefully, that's not. Well, more importantly, too, Robert, it's really about what Miss Tobin brought up. It's about restoring justice and truth in our system, so that we, as a human group of the United States, can be unified and take this country to the greatest. You know, make it greater than it's ever been. We cannot do that if the people that are in the system. Don't we have to figure out? And I'm, I'm, you know, in the same boat. How do we communicate to our fellow man that you're equally important, you're equally significant, you're equally valuable, and you're equally worthy 
unless you try to, you know, say that I'm not equal to you and force yourself or your situation on me. We all have to figure out how to educate each other. And I'm still needing a lot, of, a lot of educating. So I'm not trying to say I have all the answers. I'm just saying I want to get in the deep discussion <laughs> for us to all figure it out together because I need you, the wisdom of others because I don't have all the answers. But I know it ain't forcing the, ourselves on each other because that don't work. And that's what I keep seeing again and again. And we just have to figure out how to educate each other to the point that we can all come to a level of agreement that allows us to row this boat in unity together as a unified people. Otherwise, it's going to self-destruct. And that's what Ms. Tobin, I mean, that's kind of a point she was pointing out in this earlier conversation of what Free and Clear does. And, you know, I appreciate it. Now, I may not always agree with our communication style, and sometimes I get hung up on words that other because I don't understand them from their perspective, and I understand them from my perspective. And that's why the word constitution gets bandied about so often, and no, none of us really understands what the other person means when they say, oh, the constitution. We have our own idea and interpretation of what that word means to us. And we apply our own definition and understanding to that word when we hear somebody else say it. But that somebody else saying it may not have the same vision or mental perspective of the same definition of that same word. That's you. And then we've only got about 12 minutes before we got to take closing comments and uh, closing things out. So I'm going to play this. Uh, and just, as you said, uh, about have you know about Gingrich having the ear uh, and, and maybe being the right arm of Donald Trump. Hopefully, this will be one of the things uh, that he'll be putting in his ear. At one point early in my career, I introduced the Northwest Ordinance for Space, and I said, when we got, I think the number is thirteen thousand. When we have thirteen thousand Americans living on the moon, they can petition to become a state. I wanted every young American to say to themselves. I could be one of those 13,000. And I will, as president, encourage the introduction of the Northwest Ordinance for Space to put a marker down. We will have the first permanent base on the moon, and it will be American. And I definitely think we need to get back to that. I remember in 2012, you know, when there was uh, during the election, uh, you know, Nick Gingrich brought it up, and Romney, asshole, yes, I said that, because we're not, don't have to be FCC compliant and Bard's logic after dark, you know, made, made some big fun, uh, made big fun of it. And the the media went right along with it because the, the, the media wanted Romney to win too because they, they knew he couldn't beat Obama. Uh, but anyway, so, he, you know, but you have other countries such as Russia, China, uh, India. I mean, they're working on getting, uh, you know, getting them up there, you know, there as well. You know, getting get, getting a colony on the moon. So, you know, we could talk more about uh, that as well. We don't have enough time. There's only about ten minutes for us to close things out. Uh, so, you know, what we're going to do is uh, just go ahead and, and get ready to take our closing comments for the night. Uh, but first, uh, what we're going to do is uh, definitely, you know, do some little plugs by uh, definitely check out uh, two things. One. Uh, of course, well, three actually. Uh, the free and equal at www.freeandequal.org, uh, where we had uh, Christina Tobin on tonight. 
as well as, of course, uh, the plug for our website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. Definitely want to uh, point you out to the bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com's newsroom where you can find a number of uh, articles and videos there for your uh, viewing enjoyment and uh, read, uh, read those. Uh, we've got uh, articles on there such as Priebus, a Trump's win, biggest since Reagan. We also uh, have an article, uh, Seeing Fidel Castro's Legacy Firsthand, Communism Was All I Feared It To Be. Uh, we also uh, have uh, there, as I said uh, in our world section, here's a handy list of atrocities for everyone glorifying Fidel Castro. Uh, and then we also have in our politics uh, aspect, the article I read tonight, Dobbs, Romney tried foreign policy during 2012 run. It was a disaster. You also have uh, some different uh, photos on there for you, uh, perusing. We have our science section uh, as well. And so definitely uh, check that out on the Bards Logic Political Talk website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. Uh, so let's go ahead and and then there's all the further uh, more articles. Uh, for you to uh, look at as well. So let's go ahead and take our closing comments tonight. And so we will go with you, uh, John, and then Kelly. And then, unfortunately, I'll have to close things out for this evening. And we'll be looking forward to talking more about uh, Trump's picks next week and moving forward uh, with uh, Trump agenda, talking about what promises uh, he's going to still hopefully keep uh, and moving forward uh, in there. And then, of course, Maybe we'll talk more about uh, what we touched on tonight, or talked at length, rather, uh, tonight about, you know, our electoral system. So we have a, a packed show. We may have, uh, you know, be reaching out tomorrow, uh, Jill Stein on the show so that she can give us her perspective of what happened. We'll, I don't, we'll see. Uh, she hasn't been the easiest person to get a hold of, um, in, in, you know, for quite some time. So we're going to be working on trying to get her on and then uh, working to get some more guests on uh, for the show as well. Uh, so let's go ahead and bring it over for our final comments to you, John, and then bring it to Kelly, and then I'll have to close things out. Go ahead. We each got about a minute. Over to you, John. Oh, man. I hope that um, all these people that Trump finally finalizes, all this we know of right now, there's only a few that he's finalized, and a number of them are speculation. But whoever he finalizes, I hope that it's people that can actually hold our women senators' feet to the fire to bring votes to the floor on the correct basis instead of Obamacare continuing to be brought to the floor on the basis of repeal and then they not actually flip the you know ratio for the vote to in other words, bring the darn Obamacare thing to the floor under normal order. Will we continue Obamacare with the 67 or 66 vote, you know, two-thirds vote like it's supposed to be? I guarantee you there will not be enough votes to continue Obamacare. But if they continue to do it as repeal, which is a tr backhanded trick to change the basis of the vote to disapproval, but then they don't flip the formula, it takes 60 votes to defeat it, whereas otherwise it only takes 41 to vote to defeat it, or 34 if you're going by the two-thirds vote. I rest my case. Thank you very much, John. We look forward, uh, as always, to having you back on to the show, part of our roundtable discussion. And for those who are new listening to the show, we'd like to hear from you as well. 
Uh, and so come to our next show. And also you can share the link here uh, by coming to a Bard's, well, I'm sorry, uh, Blog Talk Radio. You can also follow the show. Uh, you get periodic uh, emails uh, from me, and that's by pushing the follow button here on Blog Talk Radio, as well as uh, checking out the website, as I mentioned earlier, or you can contact me via the contact page on the website, and pl- or you can download all of the shows free on iTunes, so you can listen to it uh, at your leisure on your mobile device. Uh, so for the new uh, new people, uh, I appreciate you doing that, uh, as well as, of course, our uh, regular listeners as well. So let's go ahead and bring it over to you, Kelly, one minute, and then unfortunately I have to close things out. Go ahead. One minute, one minute. Oh, what a see. Da, 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 da. Still an interesting election season. Um, I like that Christina Tobin is – they're on the same page with many of us that we've got to get rid of the duopoly. We've got to come together. We've got to do something different or we're going to uh, get, well, the same results, which means if the American people continue to do what they've done before, the American people are insane. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. Trump, we've got to watch him. I cannot even believe that, that this a priest, a prostitute, and a drug dealer went into a bar. Okay. Uh, with that said, I've had enough. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, Kelly, as always. Uh, and hopefully you and uh, Christine will be able to uh, connect there, and, and we can you know, all work together and get some things done. And so I want to thank everyone, of course, uh, for coming into the show tonight. We're looking forward to uh, our show next week and uh, subsequent weeks as well. And so, of course, I will end tonight as I do every night, and that is with the song by Aubrey Ashburn. And you can hear more of her music by going to www.aubreyashburn.com. So take care, folks. We will see you next time, and good night.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.